Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoop Swirl on the new Talk Story Radio Network. of Swoops World Late Night. It is Wednesday, November 19, 2014. How's it going, Peter? All right. Uh, got a, yeah, actually going to have a busy show still. Uh, Black Belt Karate is supposed to be our guest, but uh, they had some things pop up, or so they're going to have to be rescheduled, so we're going to reschedule them and have them on uh, next month sometime. So uh, they won't be in studio today, but if you tune in this, to hear them, they won't be here today. They'll be here sometime next month, and uh, we're still looking forward to having them on the show. Yark. But uh, you know, still have the full, the full, uh, the full Monty, as they say. We got uh, AD calling in, Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got T Bone's timeout, of course. Brewski's beer tasting, Woo-hoo. and we're tasting something uh, <laughs> interesting today. And, uh, dessert beer. Yeah, some dessert. More dessert beer. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> How's your week been, man? Uh, it's been okay. You know, busy. Yeah, yeah. Soccer is officially over. Ah, so I take it yeah. you guys lost that we last lost. game. I got to tell you though, uh, I know none of those folks are listening, but it was. A spectacular game. We went, we played the first place team. We went into the half tied at zero. Uh-huh. Um, this is a team that at one point beat us seven to nothing. And we went into the half tied at zero. And our goalie gave one of those like ricochet off our hands and it just literally dribbled into the goal. I was like, oh. Because <laughs> our only hope of winning, since we don't score many goals, was to end up in a tie. And we have probably the best keeper in the league. So in a shootout, we, we could have advanced. But Turns out she just, 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 it was one of those like, oh, then and we ended up giving another goal. I have about two minutes left, and it was five, yeah. about four, five minutes left in the game. So, anyhow, played great. It was, uh, all, all the parents were, even though we were a winless season, we had two ties, were very complimentary, and they're like, you know, learned a lot, blah, blah, blah. And the kids, I was just really proud. Did a good job. So, anyhow, it's, it's thankfully over. So, that's good. <laughs> uh, so, I got my Tuesday nights and my Saturday <coughs> days back. I see. See how it is? You're kind of lucky at that level, man, because, uh, uh, you know, my son, I told you he had his last game like two weeks ago right. for his uh, club team. And uh, I think next week he starts off having uh, tournaments for his other his other mm. league. So, <coughs> you know, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just, that's, uh, oh. anyhow. 
So that's the good news. That's uh, been about it. Uh, it's been kind of a slower week, I guess. Uh, still trying to organize and then we moved and all that. Yeah. Trying to get that all packed away, but not too bad, actually. I'm, I'm ahead of the curve now. Nice. I know things are starting to thin out. Yeah. I still haven't started the art here, but. Uh, yeah, you're good around this that. week. <laughs> How about you? What's new? Not too much, man. Uh, you know, I, biking, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I get a couple. Try to get a ride in every day, and uh, put a lot of miles in on the Navara. That's a that's a good sturdy bike. The beast. <laughs> 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 it is. I mean, you, 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 you know, going uphill. You know, you got, you, you know, you got a bike there, man. But, mm-hmm. uh, but it does, uh, it does, uh, it does pretty well going uphill still too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so, um, I was going to do a long ride on, on the uh, on my road bike today, but I, I think I'm done with that. So, maybe this weekend sometime. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you, uh, you, so you got a pretty, you know, pretty yeah. good ride in the day. Longest ride in probably a, since the whole move so yeah. that's a month or so or more uh 17 miles 16 miles somewhere in there not not too long but long enough to kind of stretch out you know yeah. kind of feel it and i push just a little on the hard side just to, you don't want to overdo it on that you know you don't want to overdo it when you've been out for a while so that was nice it was beautiful weather yeah i mean <coughs> Especially I'm looking at you, I look at everything going out to the East Coast and stuff in the Midwest. And like West, even, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Freezing rain yeah. in like Louisiana and I stuff was like that. Bu- I was bummed out when I left for the gym today. I had to put a sweatshirt on. <laughs> I know. But then as soon as that sun gets up, you, you got to uh, get Yeah, that. I should have that right like, coming out of the gym. I tuck it in the bag and rode home without it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, they, uh, they're, they're taking a beating, man. They're taking mm-hmm. a pounding. So. Uh, luckily, lucky for us. Uh, so you know, something to be said for uh, you know living here. Yeah, it ain't all great, but uh, the weather the weather usually holds up pretty well most of the year. So certainly does. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break and uh, come back and uh, we'll chat some more and uh, get things rolling. You're listening to Swoops Roll on the Talk Story Radio Network. This one here is from JD Nash. This is called One Life, One Chance. Back after this. One, two, one, two, three, four. Building new bridges 
life Well, it's burnt to sanders No more living in the prayers One heart on my mind Gotta do this for myself Cause this is what I've always wanted So seize the So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the (laughs) ShelterPetProject.org. Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sharp on the Wall, and you're listening to Swirl. Well, welcome back to Swimsaw on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, once again, Black Belt Karate will not be here tonight. They had something come up, so we're gonna, they're going to be rescheduled. They'll be coming in uh, sometime next month. So uh, we'll look for that, and we'll be putting that on the thing. Uh, yeah, we were just talking during the break. You, uh, you went to a big concert this last week, huh? Yeah, my son went to his first real concert. 
at the Fabulous Forum. The fabulous Forum. Uh, and it was a Slayer concert. So, not my favorite music. Uh, opening act was Exodus, followed by Suicidal Tendencies, who I do, I do kind of like, uh, and then Slayer. And as I was telling you, man, my, my teeth were hurting. <laughs> uh, it was so loud. I, I'm not exaggerating at all. Uh, and that was on Friday night. On Sunday, I still, my ears were still ringing. It was the loudest concert I've <laughs> ever, ever experienced. It was just, it was painfully loud. Uh, son loved it. He had a good time. Uh, you know, he's been to like symphony type stuff and little jazz type stuff, but he's never been to a, a rock concert. Yeah. In this case, a metal concert. And, uh, and they packed it. I gotta say, they place was full. Um, I mean, there were some empty seats, but it was pretty full. And then once Suicidal Tendency started playing, people were on their feet everywhere. Yeah, almost the entire concert. So it was a good crowd, you know. And it was, a, as I was telling you, also kind of an eclectic crowd. You know, band's been around for like thirty years or so, so they've got, you know, the older guys who were listening back when, sometimes with their kids, like I was, uh, and a Hispanic crowd, which. It kind of surprised me because, you know, you think metal, you think white guys, right? <laughs> um, but uh, and uh, and then just like you said, a range. Uh, you know, you had those guys that looked like they were sixty, and then kids that were like my son, like twelve, fourteen. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, it's, inter- it's always interesting when you go to those bands that have been around long enough to have yeah. a fan base that that wide. Exactly. It's always sort of interesting. And uh, although I'm not a a fan really of Slayer, I got to say they, it it was. I have never seen a light show as complex as their light show since a Pink Floyd oh, really? uh, concert. I mean, it was crazy. And, you know, Pink Floyd is a light show, but it's pretty mellow. This was like, like I was, I'm surprised people were, weren't falling on the ground with seizures, man. This flashing lights, and just changing colors, and it was like, oh, my. It was a visual onslaught to go with the oral on, uh. on, onslaught. It was crazy, man. It was it, w- it was a good concert. I mean, uh, just not my, <laughs> it's not my kind of sound, you yeah. know. But your kid had a great time. He, he had a great time. He was just, and he had, uh, he had thoughtfully bought us both with my credit card, uh, two Slayer T-shirts so that we could have those show up in them. Ah, so he bought them in advance. He bought them in advance. Unfortunately, so he uh, he did not get matching ones. So they didn't look like total <laughs> metal nerds. I thought you were going to say he thoughtfully bought you a couple beers. <laughs> no. I, you know, I was going to do that. I was going to have some beers. I was like, that'll ease this this whole thing. And then I remembered once I stepped inside the forum. I hadn't been in the forum since... Uh, What's it like now? They just remodeled it. It's same. Just yeah. Now it's black. <laughs> like, the you know, before you said all the Laker colors right, and Kings right, right. colors, yeah. like gold and purple everywhere. Now it's just like black. And... As I stepped in there, I realized, I remembered, like, there was never, remember, there was just never enough restrooms <laughs> at the forum? <laughs> and they go straight down. And they go straight down. Straight down, down the stairs, yeah. Okay, now, if you're at a metal concert that is probably, like, 70% guys, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to drink any beer. <laughs> so, uh, I had to skip that. Uh, yeah. And they actually had some decent, they had Lagunitas IPA on tap, so I was like, I'm gonna, I was like, I'm going to sally on it. I was like, no. Yeah. I looked over. If this concert hadn't even started, there was already a line for the Ben's room. I was yeah, like, oh, my, this is. Ridiculous. And so. their, their restrooms are the worst, man. They, they are. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to go down the stairs to get in and out. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't even figure it out to, to just. And so the renovation obviously did not. Did, they didn't fix that problem? Didn't fix that problem <laughs> whatsoever. So. 
Oh well. <laughs> as long as your kid had a great time, that's all that that's all that mattered. Those, like, those he did. Yeah, he did, cool. and he's still he's still talking about it. Yeah. And uh, amazingly enough, as we pulled up, parking, which was a breeze. I I, I remember always it being a pain in the butt, but uh, I guess because Hollywood Park's closed now, so it's just like oh, the parking extra space. You got extra space, and you know you like there's certain ways you didn't want to come in or out because you're like oh, Hollywood Park, all those people coming in. Well, now you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So. It made getting in and out so much easier, so bummer for people who are fans of Hollywood Park. But I actually liked Hollywood Park. <laughs> but if you're a fan of going to concerts in the Forum, it's a blessing. Uh, so I yeah, lost my as car we pulled at the up, Forum one time. What's that? I lost my car at the Forum. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it was a big round thing. Yeah? You come out one side, it all looks the same. <laughs> Had to wait for it to clear out a little bit before I could actually find my ride. But <laughs> as we pull up, you know, getting those directed park, you got parked in, you don't want to leave any spaces, right? We pull up. And uh, my, my son goes, oh, there's so-and-so from school. What were the odds? And it was some <laughs> kid. is the only kid he knew in the whole place, apparently. But it, there he was. Uh, <laughs> his family had shown up to, uh, you know, uh, tailgate, basically. Yeah. Uh, before heading in. It was bizarre. <laughs> Four or five kids from, from Poly High just hanging out, <laughs> talking shit before the concert. I was like, how? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Cool. <laughs> it was random. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Man. Yeah, so he it, had a good time. So the, was, I haven't been at a show so long. It was, I mean, roughly, it was kind of cost something like these things, don't they? Tickets expensive. Where we were, no, where we were sitting. Now, we bought them StubHub because we didn't we, – we learned about the concert kind of late. After it was already – Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you bought them straight out, they were like 40 bucks. Oh, okay. 39 bucks. The last time I looked at the tickets, I think, and you were laughing, the last time I looked at uh, I think the Eagles were playing there. Oh, okay. Like 150 bucks a piece or something wow. like that. $130 a piece. I'm like, screw that. I'm sure they have, you know, bands that can kind of, you know, command that sort of dollars. But uh, I was surprised at how. Now, we bought them. They'd like almost doubled, I think. Yeah. Because it was a sold out concert. Uh, and we were buying them kind of close to God, the event. Sold out, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we, I think we played closer to 80. Per ticket, like that's seventy not, something, which it wasn't crazy bad. And like I said, if we'd have just known, and that about wasn't it. the face value price either. I mean, I'm, those Eagle tickets, I was in like yeah, hundred, something was yeah. face value. It's like yeah, I'd already seen them at Jack Murph at the Murph back in the at day. At the Murph, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if I'd never seen them, I might right. think about it. But right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So now my son's he's excited about. More concerts. Uh -huh. <laughs> he's looking. Yeah. The, he's got the book out every yeah, week. Uh, Dad, look who's coming to town. Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted to do. Uh, what's the the K Rock almost acoustic? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tried to get those. Because I was like, well, there's, there's actually some bands I'd want to see. System of a Down, Bush. Uh, that's on day one. And he wanted to go day one because. Well, he's a system, oh, system of a Down. That's why he went. But then day two is like U two. Uh, like big, big, big bands. U2, Smashing Pumpkins, something like that. Hey, big, huge names. And, yeah. and, of course, if you buy tickets, it's like it's an all-day event. Right. It's two days, so you can buy both days. You can buy. Anyway, needless to say, that sold out in a Did heartbeat. you ever go to those festivals back in the day? Like us and no, – uh, I, 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 I went to one. I, I went to a couple. i crowd fan. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. I've stuck in all day with people. Let me tell you, it, it's rugged. And yeah. I, 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 gone to, I went to one thing at the uh, – Sports Arena one time, mm -hmm. which was an all-day funk fest. Okay. And a confunction and 
by the barcade. I mean, it's a band after band after band. And I was looking at it for like nine hours. And, you know, about halfway through it, I needed a nap, man. It was just like, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> it's a long time. And then I went to one that was out in the, out, an outdoor one that lasted all day, too. And you're right, man. Those all day things are just, they're, they're just brutal. Yeah. Like even here, that they have usually down by the shore there, they have the jazz festival, right? It's like a two day deal. Yeah. I used to go to Playboy Jazz Festival all the even time. That sounds. Which I know is way more mellow than, than any, and that even that's just like I, you know, I don't want to be. <laughs> you know, it's like it's I want to go to a concert, <laughs> see what I want to see, and leave. That's yeah. It's I guess it's different because like the Playboy Jazz Festival, you know, it's out there at the Hollywood Bowl, and I was there all day, and they got like decent grub and pretty cool seats, and you just you could, you could at the time I went, the years I went, you could pretty much wander around and come and come and go type of thing. Right. You couldn't you couldn't get out because they stack park your cars. Because oh. one time I tried to leave early. Stack Park couldn't leave. I had to show in and just oh. sit in the car for another oh two hours. Lord, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, those other ones where you just That's the sort of thing I don't like. That's yeah. <laughs> Start to feel claustrophobic at that you point. Know, it's like when I, you know, we were talking to somebody the other day about uh, like, you know, how these airlines will sit on the tarmac for 12 hours or 10 hours and won't let you off, won't let you do it. I'm like, that's, that's just nonsense, man. I should be, that should be illegal. <laughs> yeah. I really should. <laughs> And then they start arresting people who who You're trying act to get up. off. Yeah, I'm who like, act up and no, no. <laughs> they should be doing is arresting whoever's in charge for kidnapping. <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> you are holding me against well, my you're actually, will. You actually, you can't even say, you know what? I no longer want to take this flight. Right. Yeah. You know, I could say they say, well, we don't want people getting off because we have to reload the flight. But if somebody says, "Fuck it, I'm leaving. I'm not. I'm not going to take this flight." You got to be able to go. And that's what they should do. They yeah. should be able to say, "Okay, this has been delayed whatever amount of time." Yeah. I think that time should be pretty short, like two hours. <laughs> yeah, and that's even probably more generous than it should be. Uh, you now have the option to leave. Whoever wants to leave, raise your hand. Show ID. We'll get your you, luggage. You can't come back on. You can't come back on. I'll be happy to get off. Uh, yeah, because I just <laughs> yeah. Even if they took off the moment I got off, I just sometimes I I, I just can't. Yeah. Like you, I'm, I, I get claustrophobic, man. Yeah, that just nonsense. I yeah. can you know I can while away some hours sometimes, but what a bunch of people around. I was once on a bus in D.C. that broke down, and what really all that happened was that the doors wouldn't open or close. That was the breakdown. That was the breakdown. <laughs> I'm like, well, just keep driving. <laughs> my stop's a couple miles away. It's like, I can't. I, I can't. Nobody can get. I was like, well, if nobody can get on, you can still drive me to my spot. <laughs> I'd get off. <laughs> and he, this guy just started arguing with me. I was like, look. If you're not going to move this thing, I'm getting off. <laughs> and he says, you can't get off. The doors won't open. Pick up those emergency latches. I, all, all that stuff wouldn't work. I was like, I was like, look, I'm getting off. And some people are getting all angry. Just sit down. I'm like, is this bus moving or not? Because i got to get to work. I was like, no, I can't. I have to wait for my supervisor to show up. He'll show up with a repair truck. I was like. All right, you do that. I opened the window. Right out. The guy's screaming at me. You can't do that. That's against the rules. Some rules are made to be broken, man. You had a lunch rush you had to contend with, right? You had to get there, right? I had to get to work. And this was my second job, so I was like, I was always cutting it close anyhow, and I was at least a mile away, and so now I had to hustle. Thank goodness it wasn't snowing or anything. It was at least a, you know, or raining or anything bad. It was just 
I just said, no, I had to hustle. But I couldn't believe this guy was going to tell me I had to <laughs> sit on the bus. I couldn't believe all the other dumb people that were willing to do it. <laughs> now, maybe if you're too old or, or you're broken and you can't get out yeah, that yeah. window, then you're stuck. You're but stuck. I can't understand why anybody else. Why they were, of course, as soon as I did it, there was four oh, or five yeah, other people. Was like, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> but I couldn't believe how many other people, able-bodied people, just <laughs> sat there. I was like, <laughs> Like, no. Rebel rouser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that's not just. But people, you tell people to do shit sometimes, they just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's the problem. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's what keeps us a civilized society, right? Is that what they tell us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I had a bell, too. <laughs> yeah, no way. There's just no yeah, way. I, I just, you know, I don't want to miss. I was stuck on an elevator. I've been stuck on three elevators. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never, I never had so that. One time I was, stu- I mean, one time I was stuck on there, and uh, you know, it took like an hour to come up. They go, oh, hang on there, we'll get somebody here. <laughs> All right, same elevator, got stuck on it like a, a while later. <laughs> this is an elevator at work. Yeah. Okay. But uh, that time I was, r- I was on it with the CEO, if you know what I mean. Uh huh. Funny how fast they got that elevator. <laughs> Priorities. Priority, man. None of this. The guy, his, his driver picks up the phone and goes, uh, "I'm on here on the elevator with the bus." And they go, "Oh, oh you're stuck? Yeah, okay, oh, yeah, oh, yeah." <laughs> uh, yeah, within seconds, we had like, you hear people banging and hanging. Uh, Stand back, <laughs> Stand back. cut it open. <laughs> Door opens up, we all get off. I think, and I said that I go. I was stuck in the same elevator about three months ago. It took like an hour, an hour and a half to get off it. Before anybody even noticed. <laughs> we called, too. They go, okay, we'll get some money down there. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're going to take a quick break. Listen to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. This is Danny Roser. This is called Hitchhiker. Back after this. <laughs>
then you could dial 911. Don't talk to Hitchhiker, he could be a roughneck standing in the road with an upturned phone. He could have a motive looking for disaster. If you get the chance, teach him a lesson. You know you can't trust a Hitchhiker. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my wait. new video game. Mom, what? Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics, or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted, and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, Hi we're the we're enablers, enablers, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to Swoop Swirl. And welcome back to Swoop Swirl on the Talk Story Radio Network. Uh, just so for those who tuned in for Black Belt Karate, they will not be here tonight. They had something pop up, but uh, they'll be rescheduled, and we'll, they'll be back in here uh, next month, December. So we'll, we'll look forward to having them here in December. Uh, coming up at uh, 9 o'clock, we have beer, Brewski's Beer Tasting. And 9.20, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, formerly of USC and the NFL, the CFL, USFL, World Football League, you name it. He'll be uh, calling in. We're talking some uh, up-to-date sports with him. And, of course, T-Bone's timeout uh, later on in the evening. So still got a full show and plenty of things going on. Um, since we were gone, I think, I think it happened after we were gone, uh, California swept the, the, the major baseball award then. Uh, he That's got, right, he Trout. Got Trout and, uh, and Kershaw. And Kershaw. Kershaw won MVP and the Cy Young, and Trout won uh, MVP. So uh, things were pretty good last week. That yeah, was. That's, uh, I didn't think uh, – I mean, Kershaw was a slam dunk for the Cy Young. That was yeah, a but he no played. Brainer, but, uh, he, he, he won MVP and he played 24 games out of a hundred and hundred uh, and fifteen game season or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and I think part of it is there was just no other really outstanding candidate. You know, you had people that had good seasons, but not just like spectacular seasons. Yeah. And I guess the other two, the next runner-ups were like injured. At key moments. Well, yeah, that one guy that they thought was the, was leading. He, he yeah, I forget. So McClutchin was one of them. I forget who the who the other one was. But both of them kind of either either went into slumps at the wrong time or one got hurt at the wrong time. So, you know, it, it, it hurt their chances and um, boosted Kershaw's. Uh, I don't know. I I, I still kind of feel like I know I said this before, uh, and I'm a Dodger fan and a Kershaw fan, but uh, I still kind of feel like the MVP is. Not really. It's just not for the pitchers. It's well, the upper it's, guy who pitches or plays every fifth day or yeah, so. It's funny you should say that. I was, I was watching the ESPN, 
and I forget who the uh, the ball player uh, announcer is. Not you know, on the, on the panel there, former former major leaguer, and he said he said he goes I, actually he did he did say that Ker- he ended up saying Kershaw deserved it, but he says I'm the guy that always says MVP is for people who play who play every day. He says it's not for pitchers. You know, pitchers don't play enough games. You know, they have the Cy Young, blah, blah, blah. He says, but, he says this, you know, and it was after the fact, after Kershaw right. got it. He, he wasn't like he predicted it. He said, um, he says, when I first heard he, had not, he got it, he says, you know, I'm, I'm, the one, I'm, I'm the one that sits here every week that says it's not for pitchers. He says, but uh, he says, I think he deserved it. I think he deserved it. So. Well, I mean, if any pitcher did, it was him. There's no two ways about that. Nobody else in the ma- uh, National League, for sure, uh, had anywhere, or in the American League, from what I can recall, uh, had anywhere near the type of season he had. I mean, that they're, they're talking like the numbers he put up in that season are some of the best numbers in 100 years. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I forget now, like ERA combined with some of the more odd statistics, like whip and all that. And uh, <clears throat> just, and then for him to have basically done it four years in a row. I mean, he won the Cy Young last year. The year before that, he came in second in voting, right. and the year before that, he won it. So, I mean, I think that was a factor. If, if it had just been one great year, people would have been like, you know, he maybe wouldn't have got it. But I, I, maybe this is just – maybe I'm wrong. But I have, a, I have a feeling that four great years like that, just four generally dominant consecutive years was a, a, at least a factor in people's – in the voters' minds, <laughs> I, I suspect. I also think, uh, having seen some interviews with um, some of the Dodgers afterwards and stuff like that, um, and some some of the things that have been said since then, they said that uh, every time he pitched, every player in the team expected to win the game. Yeah. Right. So, I think that has a lot to do with it because what happens is you get you know the guys come in and they, they want to win each game. Right. But when they knew he was on the mound, they expected to win. So yeah. I think that that, br- that that brings the whole team's a, level up to another yeah. level, right? Yeah. The, uh, another interesting thing I saw, because I've always seen him, he seems so mellow and calm and, you know, intent, mm-hmm. intense, but he uh, seems really, you know, super laid back. And, uh, yeah. They said that uh, uh, days he's pitching, they said he, he, you can't even deal with him. They just said, uh, <laughs> he, he says, he, 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 he interviewed him, he says, yeah, he says, I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of in a bad mood those days. I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm super, super focused, and I, and I put a lot of, put a lot of stuff on my shoulders and stuff like that. And yeah. I, and he goes, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not fun to be around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I mean, was he the Dodgers MVP? No two ways about it. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. that goes without saying. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I'm happy for him. Uh, but but it's still, I mean, he played 24 games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and, and that was one of the best overall pitching seasons in, yeah. in a long while. They're talking, I mean, again, they're comparing it. When you compare all the numbers to like one of the best pitched seasons in almost a hundred years, at least in the National League, and again, those types of numbers were hard to overlook. And then the fact that he'd done it, basically produced those types of numbers for four consecutive years, I think were kind of the, you know, pushed it over. Yeah. But I mean, he, and he won pretty handily. I mean, it wasn't like it came down to the last vote. I mean, the next guy was fifty or sixty votes behind, I think. Was it? So. He got like, he got almost all the first place votes. So, you know the the thing that's scary to me when you for Dodger pitchers because we've seen it so many times in the past. Dodgers have a good pitcher; they they will pitch them out. I mean, mm-hmm. they, I mean they, 
mean, Fernando, you can, you can, you know, you can, you can, you can Koufax, you can look at Welch. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a whole host of Dodger pitchers. Tommy John. Tommy John. They <laughs> <laughs> even named an injury after him. <laughs> and they, they will throw these guys into the dirt. And I, I, I'd hate to see that happen to this kid, man. He's a, yeah. You know, I just, I hope that, uh, you know, that, you know, times have changed, and they, you know, the pitch counts more, and they kind of watch things. They've definitely gotten better about that. I yeah. mean, uh, they would throw, but back they in the talk day. about even, um, you know, Hershiser. Yeah, pitching. I think one year he pitched over three hundred innings. I think, which is a phenomenal number, right? Uh, and it was the year that the Dodgers went to the World Series, right. so you, you had those extra. Right. Innings that pushed him over to the 300 mark, but I mean, it wasn't like he was at 301. <laughs> it was like at 320, 330. You know, so I mean, he put in even without the playoffs, he had put in a huge number of innings, and uh, so I think I think everybody's been more. I think sometimes they've taken that too far. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, he's hit 100. He's hit 100 pitches. He's got to come out. Yeah. And he's dominant. Still, he's hit 100. Still in a groove. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I think they take it too far sometimes. But I do think, I think they've got that better in check. And I, and I think what's even more important is they've figured out who can be that workhorse. Who can pitch 140 pitches in the game? Yeah. Some guys can do that. You know. I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of Clemens, but he went through some pitches uh, games where he did that. And, Nolan Ryan did that, and he pitched for 20-plus years, right? And was yeah. incredibly dominant. So <laughs> some guys can do that. Some guys. Even Randy Johnson. Some guys hit 100 pitches, and you know they're done. Right. You know, they, they hit 98, and you're like, get somebody up. They hit, they hit 95, you're like, get somebody up. <laughs> some guys, so I think they're also good at that, like figuring out which one of those guys are. Which guys recover faster, and which ones have, like, the right mechanics. Not the right mechanics. But the kind of mechanics that allow them, like it's less stress on their body, and they are able to uh, recover faster, and they can do those extra, what we would think of as longer innings or longer games or whatever, more pitch counts, higher pitch counts. So they've gotten, I think they've gotten better at knowing who needs that extra rest, right? And and who can do that little extra when you need it. What I hate is, uh, is. Uh the way they've gotten with middle relievers uh, and a lot of the, a lot of the closers, because you know, they all got to come in, you know, pitch one guy, pitch one guy, yeah, and pull him out, and then he'll be back. He's a left-handed. They'll bring him back in tomorrow for yeah. you know, you know. He's a left-handed seventh inning specialist. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, if if he came in and got the guy out, an exception here is just, is like if that's the last out and then you're going into the ninth. Right. You know, then then you bring in your closer, but. He came in. He got one guy out. I mean, I, I just think it's silly. I think it's silly to have. First of all, that's a that's a roster spot. That's a bullpen it spot. I'd definitely. rather have that guy who maybe isn't as great at getting out the left-handed batter, perhaps, whatever the circumstances, but who can pitch that whole seventh inning. Okay, so he gives a hit up to the, you know, but he gets the inning. He gets you through the inning. Right. You know, uh, I, I I'm with you. I, I think that's. <laughs> Uh, who, there's one guy who does that a ton. It just bugs the hell out of me. It just, you know, Mattingly's not so much that guy. He does sometimes, but uh, as a Dodger fan, uh, I, don't, I don't watch the other teams well enough to know who, who's the other one. But he does do that sometimes, but not he's not nearly as obsessive about it. Right. Uh, I don't care what the statistics <laughs> say. You bring a guy in, 
Would you be able to pitch two, three innings? Yeah, you get two, two, or two, three outs, I should <laughs> yeah, say. At least two and you're talking in the middle exactly. innings, <laughs> as opposed to just one batter and yank them. <laughs> T-Bone's at the house. What's up, guys? What's happening? Yeah, I don't think you're in. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, we were just talking about uh, the uh, the in the uh, Cy Young and MVP. Oh yes, it's a good good year for the Southern California for area. Yeah, absolutely. At least in the baseball, baseball. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Individual awards, exactly. regular season performance. But uh, yeah, so that was that's pretty cool. And uh, should we get to uh, let's let's take a quick break and uh, we'll start getting things ready for Drewskis. Uh, AD and all that kind of stuff. This is Susro of the Talk Show Radio Network. This is John Gannon. Fly back after this. Saturday morning I jump out of bed and my clothes are laid out like a fireman's. I bust out the door, blast off on my Schwinn and I ride like the wind. With those Marlboro boys with fake Pendleton shirts and their painter hats backwards, little Brad lackeys would Risk life and limb on a whim We'd be soldiers and ducking the dirt-clad barrages With those farmer old boys with fake Pendleton shirts And we'd curse like the sons of longshoremen And foremen was beat by the greatest But he made us reach for the sky And Boys with fake Pendleton shirts and the skirts that we chased in 
They got us nowhere. We worship the gods of incredible beats like Knievel, DeCoster, and all their imposters. And we rode a rocket, stepped on the moon, and too soon we were thrown in longshoremen and foremen got dropped by the greatest. But they made us reach for the sky and still I wanna fly. I wanna on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. At seven, I shower. Every day I wake up for at those five. caring for a loved one. We hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org/caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. My name is Mary Scholes, and you're listening to Swoop's World. I'm sorry, baby, but I tried. Sorry for telling you those lies. Sorry for messing with your From the Talk Story Radio Network and uh, T Bone's in the house. How's it going, man? It's going, my friends. How's your week been so far? Ah, uh, you know, I can't complain too much. Uh, got to come here and kick it, drink some beers tonight. And it's downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. Gotta start somewhere, man. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday was a little rough, but that's okay. <clears throat> Saturday, did you watch uh, what? <laughs> well, some of them did. <laughs> a few of their guys played. You guys had a loss, didn't you? Yeah, a bad one. <laughs> so, I'm sure who, who did you play? Uh, that other red and white team. Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin, that's right. Ugh. That's right. Another big game pants shooting. One of those again. <laughs> yeah, so. I remember seeing that going. I bet the team was none too happy right about now. Yeah. First quarter was nice. Yeah. <laughs> After that, uh, well, you had you had you, you had uh, you had Sunday to get all excited again. Yeah, you know, <laughs> nothing gets me amped up like a win over the Raiders. 
it was almost as ugly of a game as the game on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, it was a weird, weird football weekend. You know, I, I'm I'm working the steps and trying not to let my my life be defined by how <laughs> games between people that I'm not one of. Not, I'm trying to let that let, not let that affect me quite as much. Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I have a disease. So. I have to say, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm sure we, we'll talk about it. We'll get to your uh, your sports segment, but there there is just no quit in Florida State. Those guys, they never even think they're out of a game. They just, I, they, I thought the U had them. Yeah, so, so did the U. <laughs> About seventy-five thousand people to say thought so too. Yep. But uh, you know, <laughs> not Bobby Bowden, but uh, Jimbo Fisher. Or is that? Is that? Is yeah. That? Yeah. He, he at home. He's always so calm in the sideline of interviews too. Now we just go in there make a few adjustments and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our boys are playing well. They're playing well. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's definitely a Jimbo. <laughs> I don't know. I used to crack me up when I catch him on the way in at halftime. Mm-hmm. He's never up. Things are good. Things are good. We're right where we want to be. <laughs> Behind my 14 points. <laughs> I love that. Got him right where we want him. <laughs> really? Yeah, so that's, uh, that's good. There's some good games this week. Yeah. So we're going to chat about all this. And uh, all the other stuff. Happening. We're going to talk to uh, AD in about uh, well, half an hour from now. And uh, those who tuned in for Black Belt Karate, they couldn't make it tonight. Had to make a last-minute cancellation because they had some things going on, but they will be here next month, the month of December, which will be celebrating our fifth year. Ooh! Ooh. Very excited, so uh, look forward to having them do that. We get a chip for that? <laughs> <laughs> we can't get any chips. <laughs> <laughs> Bill W. will not allow it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, Peter's got the map out. I don't know. Good uh, there's a place I went to. I wanted to tell you guys about worth eating. It has good beer. Oh. oh. I can't remember the name of it, though. Uh, I'll look it up there. Is it in Cali? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's down, uh, down on Broadway. You guys might have been there. It's, uh, I was going to try to actually give you the name. Uh, it's uh, just a few steps from Roscoe's. Waffle place, right? Uh, and uh, it's 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 got beer. Oh, you're talking about. Uh, you're probably talking about the. It used to be called Pizza Pie. Now it's called. Yeah, uh, I think that's what it was called. But it's, yeah, yeah, now it is the. Else. Yeah, I know this place. Something know. Garden or no, no, no. Not garden. Uh, actually, <laughs> we went through this not too long ago because uh, swimming. Uh, one of the guests on the show had a, had a gig there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can see that. It's got a space for that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. Broadway is it Broadway and just a little bit east of uh, Atlantic, and I think it starts with an R. I want to say Rebel something. Right? Yeah, Rebel Bite. Rebel Bite. Oh, okay. That's the name of it. So we popped in there. Is my it pretty good? Oh my god, good stuff. They have these. Um, uh, what do you call it? I don't even know what they called it, but basically they were beer? like they had beer, <laughs> which was awesome because uh, I just have to. You know, Six forty nine East Broadway. There it is. It's uh, they had these uh, chili. They weren't really chili, but it was kind of like that idea of chili fries. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It was just off the. This right here. Yeah. 
Oh my god. It's a meal all by itself. It was amazing stuff. Uh, and I mean, nothing on the whole menu is like totally, but it's just got just enough odd things. I guess the owner's uh, Korean, you know, uh-huh. so he'll have like kimchi in, in, in something. Not, not kimchi by itself, but like it'll be like a, you know, a side or it'll be in something. And hmm. uh, like the, those, those fries have uh, like wasabi sauce and the meat is like a um, Korean barbecue meat. Uh-huh. It was good stuff. I mean, I didn't have everything on the menu, but I had like I had like a grilled cheese and tomato soup. Kids had a pizza, great beer on tap. I had like twelve, I think, fifteen. Right by there. Check a lot. it out, man. Yeah, it's, everybody talks about. We right were there, there on Sunday. You know, two hour wait at Roscoe's. This place was empty. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully they're doing well because they weren't doing well on Sunday at like. Oh. Just no, they're, lunch. they're doing pretty well. There's a lot of people. There might be fun. a Monday through Friday thing. Well, I don't know. Plus, there's a lot of. Well, on Sundays are just brutal at Roscoe's. It yeah. just sucks up the whole neighborhood. That's yeah. Anyhow, worth checking out. Great beer. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, uh, it's, it's supposed to be really good. Uh, uh, nice. I said earlier, there's something I wanted to yeah. tell you about. That's I finally. A lot of, uh, I knew if I didn't tell you right then, you forget. I'd have forgot. A lot of people we've had on the show have had events uh, had gigs there, so yeah, folks are doing something good. Now I had some pretty decent fries. Uh, at a little place T-Bone told us about not too long ago. I, I, I wandered in over there, over there next to, uh, what's the name of that little school right there? Uh, Did you go to Jim's Burgers? Jim's Burgers. Over by Jefferson? <laughs> by Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> you saw some DUI fries? Yeah, some DUI fries. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Those things I've forgotten. There's no other way to put it. That's and it's funny because this place is about, it's like half the size of your, your, the studio. Yeah. Right? And they got two TVs on, and uh, there was like a, this long ass pursuit going on that day. I was like, nice. <laughs> so, I'm sitting there while they're fixing my stuff, watching this pursuit, and uh, you know, there's like some gangsters sitting there eating this to love breakfast, and uh, it's like, like you know, got some, some of the total LBC lobby on uh-huh. there, man. It's, uh, it's got a really cool place. Nice. And those fries are just wrong, man. <laughs> and they have like six different. Variations, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's like, oh, no, no chili but pastrami, and then no pastrami but chili, and then all this other. Yeah, yeah. I had a small one. The guy couldn't even get the tub closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good, good call, bro. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even make a dent in it when I first attempted. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then wait, microwaved up this roll the next <laughs> four hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Too. Yeah, man. I, I went in there hungry when I went, and I, was, I ordered a large, I, and that girl kind of looks at me like, I saw the large. <laughs> and the guy brings it out, brings the plate out, because I ate there, and it was just fucking mountain. Was, I mean, I could barely tell I had eaten any of it by the end. I, when I called him, I was like, I need a box. Like, yeah, you do. <laughs> this series is a little bit more upscale than Jim's, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah this, is, this is a little yeah. They 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 have pretensions of being a bit uh, hoity-toity in some ways, but uh, really good stuff. So, and you guys would both dig it. Um, I'm in. It, I think that's Lime the Cross Street there. I think. What's that? The Cross Street there is Lime. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. But yeah, if you know where Roscoe's is, you can't miss it. It's just a couple doors. You know, it's a surprise. Years ago, I don't know if it still is, but years ago, I went to that sushi place right across the street from Roscoe's, which looks like a dump, and it was really good. Hey, let's try this. Let's try this uh, sushi place. I go, where's it? He goes, it's right here, right across the street from Roscoe's. I'm like, 
So now the kids host dashed. Now she's like, <coughs> we got to go. So she's looking up <coughs> all these cool places nearby. And I'm like, what, what are they going to eat? What are they going to eat? <laughs> and we had gone by because this was the second performance at uh, the Seabird Lounge. And uh, we'd been by Robo Bites. And, and I've got a knack for like finding that place. I'm like, the last time I said, that looks like a good place. You know, it had a good vibe. And uh, so kids were bummed out. I said, let's go check out the Rebel Bite. It's got a good vibe. And then we walked, we opened the door and you could see in, the place was empty. I was like, oh, I said, I think it's open. <laughs> Big old sign said, we're open. So I said, well, let's check it out. We opened the door and it was like, and there was nobody in there. But literally, except for the two people working, I was like, you guys, you guys serving? Like, oh yeah, yeah, come on in. And it was awesome. It was really it was really good food, and there was something for everybody. You know, they had the cool kind of interesting things that my wife and I wanted to eat, and then they had just your plain old, like a plain old hamburger for my daughter, pepperoni pizza for my. You know, so there's yeah. some. You know, because sometimes these places are so cool, but there's nothing on there that my kids will eat, <laughs> and that just is so frustrating. It as you sucks because I can never remember the name of it. I, I when it was pizza pie, I can always remember, and, and I never even ate pizza pie. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I do with pizza pie. And it's a surprisingly big place because when you when you look at it from outside, it looks like it's just like a look like it's going to be like a little hole in the wall. That's not. Hey, no, no, that, that's huge. It could probably see, I don't know, 50, 60? No way. Yeah. It looks like a. Little, it looks I, like a <laughs> I know. They even have a little outdoor seating, but uh, yeah, they. Uh, so it's it's bigger than it looks. It, it's worth checking out. Time for brewskis, man. All right. I gotta go. We're gonna take a quick break. Listen, Soap City Sweetheart. We'll be right back in time for brewskis. My God, I never heard anything so sad. My 
Station just got to it. 
Time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops Row Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the most important part of the show, (laughs) the beer part. Uh, So tonight we're drinking one from Boulder Beer. And I seem to recall that we had one of their other beers, but I cannot recall which. Uh, sound, they sound familiar. Sounds uh, familiar, yeah. Um, but tonight we're taking their Shake Chocolate Porter Boulder Beer Company. And here's what they have to say about their own brew. Uh, it's our twist on the traditional, robust American porter. Shake chocolate porter is dark black in color with rich, sweet aromatics and flavors of dark chocolate, coffee, and caramel. This unique brew blends five different grains, including chocolate wheat, that along with cacao nibs create a devilishly delicious chocolate finish with a velvety mouthfeel. 5.9% alcohol and uh, 39 IBU. So, uh... There you go. That's what we know about this one. Uh, so, we're ready to taste it up. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you, having not drank any of it, but just smelling it, it, it smells like chocolate. There's definitely a chocolatey thing going on there. Salud. Salud. I, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Young's Chocolate Stout. I, uh, I, uh, I've had it quite a few times, and, and I actually like it a lot uh, when it comes to chocolate stouts or chocolate beers. And this chocolate porter, I, I'm actually surprised. Uh, I think it, uh, I think it's kind of on the lines of uh, Young's. I'm, I, I'm liking it. I think it's got a, a, 
It's not too sweet. Oh, we've had some really sweet beers yeah. recently. It's <laughs> not too sweet. Uh, I get I get that chocolate taste. Um, I'm not a huge porter fan, but uh, I think they did a good job with this. I think it's very well made and tastes great. I like it. All right. Well, uh, it is definitely, definitely chocolatey. No two ways about that. Um Cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. <laughs> um, it, it's good. Uh, it's definitely you know, for a beer on the sweet side, but as you said, not too sweet. Um, it's like sweeter it. than a lot, but it, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not but it's, overwhelming. It's not overwhelming. And uh, I, I referred to this before having tasted it uh, as a dessert beer, and I, I think it, that's probably a good description. Yeah. Um, but it's a, a well-made beer, and um, it's very interesting. I, you know... A lot of times I get kind of, whenever they add that odd flavor, it's just too much as, as what that pumpkin was last week. Uh, <laughs> this one's, uh, I'm liking it. Timo. Yeah, you know, my very first sip of it, <laughs> it had like a flashback to being like nine years old and mixing up some Ovaltine. <laughs> it does, uh, yeah. After that, it, you know, it settled in a little bit more, and it, it's good. You know, it's it does have enough complexity to it that it's not just like you're chugging chocolate milk um, and it I think part of what helps that is that it is a little a little bit thinner than I was expecting in it's, terms it's of the, not a step. the texture and body of it um, and so that helped you know kind of allay any over generalizations and you know just lumping it in with like just oh this is like chocolate milk and booze <laughs> It's good though. I mean, it. I'm definitely gonna enjoy this. Yeah, it holds up pretty well, I think. Uh, yeah. Scale one to ten, ten being best. Uh, I for me, and like I said, it's a dessert beer in that category, and uh, I'd give it an eight. Uh, you know, I'm a. It's it's we're getting what we were what was advertised. You know, uh, no surprises. So measuring it in that category, uh, I, I give it a seven. Butter. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not actually just taking the easy way out and <laughs> making it easy on myself. I, I really legitimately feel this is a seven and a half. So thank you guys for making my job easy. Good times, Peter. Uh, as far as food goes, I mean, it's definitely dessert beer. I, it's I dessert know, beer. I you really would yeah, eat, eat with you, could, uh, you could totally just replace this. For your dessert, if you're like I am, where you're not a big dessert guy, but if you want to pair this with something, what uh, I could definitely see is uh, like a vanilla, just your straight creme brulee. Mm -hmm. Serve this on the side, and that would be a wonderful pairing, I think, because the sweetness of the, the creaminess of the, of the and the caramel of, the, of a creme brulee with this or flan, you know, something like right. that. You'd have a, that would be a nice pairing. Um, <laughs> dinner. I don't really. I, I couldn't do it, uh, but I'm sure there's those who, who would. Um, I could did see. Did they even mention food with this? Did they? Uh, they didn't. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't see. Did it on the bottle, perhaps? Uh, um, maybe on this side, I think. Uh, there's a bit more information on there, but I don't see that they do. No. It's uh, like with the fourth course at a fondue It's really, restaurant. yeah. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> or or you know, serve this uh, along with a coffee. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, that would be good too. Uh, I could see if you wanted to do something kind of interesting and, and use this a, as a marinade to say, some, uh, like, uh, or even a, a mop, you know, mm -hmm. for a uh, something you're smoking. Right. 
That would be kind of cool. Yeah. That would add an interesting flavor. Um, so I could see it augmenting other things. But as far as for me, serving with any sort of course, it, it's either its own course or it can accompany, like I said, those few things, uh, creme brulee, uh, coffee, or something like that. Totally agree. Totally agree. There you have it. Another edition of Brewski, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brewski, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there and sign up. Join their Beer of the Month Club. Get a big box of beer sent to each one. <laughs> and help out the show. <laughs> I'm looking at some of their other beers. I think we, we might have had the Mojo India Pale Ale. It's the only one that seems vaguely familiar, but otherwise I don't. Yeah, I, I am familiar with many of Avery. Right, right. Which is yeah. also from Boulder. I know I've been there, and I think I've been to this one, but that whole trip was kind of a blur. Nothing there looks familiar to me. But yeah, uh, that would have been the only one, but nothing looks familiar. No. And I don't, I don't even recognize the Mojo. Mm. Yeah, I know. Me neither. We've had something called Mojo, but it, that's not the one. Yeah. Anyhow, there you have it. There it is, man. There it is. DraftKings, man. Okay, if you like fantasy sports but can't handle the marathon, skip the fatigue and do the sprint version. We're talking about DraftKings. It is fantasy sports in one-week doses. Uh, those of you trying to quit, this might be an easy way to wean yourself off as well. Uh, don't tell the folks at the main office that I'm trying to wean anyone off of this. But go to swoopstore.com slash DraftKings. Get yourself an entry into a free entry into a big money giveaway. Pick your team. Let the chips fall where they may. Start over again next week. It's all the fun. None of the fucked up stuff that happens afterwards. They're <laughs> <laughs> going to have to bleep that part out because that was an advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Click on the banner on the right side of the page or go to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings. Nice. Audible.com. Audible.com is a uh, place where you can go to, to listen to your favorite books or discover new ones. Uh, Audible has over 150,000 titles with lots of spectacular talent reading and performing uh, uh, these books. Um, something for everybody. Swoops uh, on his like 300th uh, feature <laughs> novel, something like that. Started new one today. Man. Ah, did you? Really? I, finished, I finished Worth Dying For two days ago, All and right. then today I started The Affair. So, uh, well, yeah. And as I mentioned, I was on the, I'm doing The Fall of Giants, and that's like 30 hours of reading. It's, uh, I'm about halfway now. That's good. It's that's good, cool. It's, so you can get some, especially if you go that route. So I've, I've got to get to there. Um, if you are interested in this, uh, you can go to uh, – audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld.com or you can go to the banner ad on the homepage or any of the other pages and that will take you to where you get your first book for free. Can't go wrong with that. And uh, and then if you sign up and are a regular member, uh, you get that monthly credit and if it's a short one or a long one, it's still just one credit. That's (laughs) kind of nice. (laughs) Uh, So you can kind of maximize your dollar for those of you who are you know, maybe a little penny pinching and want to get that book. Um, and, of course, if you go that way, Soup's World will earn a few pennies. But it's a great way, you know, you might ask, where would you listen to it? In the car, traveling on the airplane, drowning out your kids. Um, you know, pretty much any time you just you kind of need to tune out, and but you can't read a book. Uh, so uh, lots of great opportunities. 
Uh, check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Supergirl. Nice. Hey, one of our past guests, good friend of the show, asked us to, if we'd uh, give a little props and promotion to the event. It's California Dance Academy and Dance Ensembles. The Nutcracker being held from December 6th through 14th. It's in the San Fernando Valley, so <clears throat> if you're out that way, it is uh, Saturday showtimes from 2 and at 7, Sundays at 2. It's at the Madrid Theater, 21622 Sherman Way, Canova Park. And you can go www.culturela.org forward slash Madrid Theater. Or you can purchase tickets uh, at their box office at 818-347-9938 or online at madridtheater.tix.com. $25 for adults, $18 for children, 3 to 12. For more information, contact the California Dance Academy at 818-341-0525. For all your fitness needs, go see our good friend Jack Nunn uh, over at Rowworks, R-O-W-O-R-X. He can train you for an indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, much, much more. He does specializes in triathlon training. He's, he's, God, every time I t- open up Facebook, he's, he's been doing some of these duathlons yeah, he does recently. Duathlons yeah. and triathlons, and he's always in the top two or three in his age category and overall. So uh, the man knows what he's doing. In the, the, located at 5750 Boathouse Lane here in the city of Long Beach, or go to www.rowworks.com, or give him a call at 562 562- 688-1716. Let them know that Swoops Roll sent you, and your first week is free. Where to Bike Orange County? Where to Bike Orange County is a, a book I wrote. It's part of a travel series, of which there are 10 or 12 or whatever now. And um, it covers the best 80 rides or so in Orange County. Uh, geared towards the recreational rider, you'll find everything from the very casual you know, stroll around the park sort of deal with lots of things to do to the much more rigorous and challenging 50-miler headwinds and lots of hills to climb. Each uh, ride has an accurate ride log, map, places to, uh, to see, uh, and, you know, a little bit of history uh, and side trips and all that. And it all ties in with your Google map on your phone. Uh, it has a companion app that does that, and uh, which is quite useful. Swoop should have used that down San Clemente. <laughs> um, where to bike Orange County? See that in every chance you get. Uh, <laughs> no. Where to bike Orange County? Uh, you can find that at uh, if you're here in the Long Beach area. Uh, local REIs are carrying it. Uh, Barnes and Noble carrying it, and uh, local bike shops are carrying it. And of course, you can always go to the Swoop's Roll homepage. Find the banner out there, and it will take you to Amazon. It will ship it right to your doorstep. You don't even have to leave the house. Uh, if you go that route, Soup's World will earn a few pennies. Nice. So uh, check it out. Where to bike? Orange County. You guys get yours ready? Mm-hmm. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to the show, Anthony Davis, former uh, he's five-time national champion at uh, football and baseball at USC. 
also in the NFL, CFL, World Football League, you name it. Welcome back to the show, AD. How you doing, man? Fine. You tell them what you said all, don't you? <laughs> Got a lot of bases to cover, you know? <laughs> Let's go. Some people will call that the back of honor professional sports. <laughs> Well, like I said last week, man, uh, the, 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 somebody has recognized your efforts because there's billboards all over uh, the greater L.A. area uh, spotlighting uh, you and uh, your accomplishments, especially that uh, 72 Notre Dame game, and we're going to have a lot to talk about tonight. Let's get Sting Kicksing started off with the NCAA football. It's rivalry week. Uh, you uh, you played in these rivalry games. Uh, what's it like uh, getting prepared for UCLA the, uh, the, the, week, the week coming up on the game? Well, first of all, you know, I mean, we, when I played in the rivalry games, you know, it's two of Notre Dame and UCLA, but the bottom line is we had to prepare the same way. The emotional stuff is all with the fans and alumni. I mean, with the ball to preparation was just the same from week to week. It just happened to be the rivalry. I mean, you know, uh, the only time was very interesting in terms of the talent of players on both sides. When I played, we had some great players on both sides. James McAllister, Kermit Johnson. Uh, their side, uh, Eugene Jones, and our side, you know, of course, you, know, you talk about myself, Richard Wood, uh, uh, you name it, Clint Swan, Sam Cunningham, Edessel Garrison. I mean, we, you know, we've had some, uh, some great players and they've had some great players on both sides from my perspective. And that's, and that, you know, and that's all we ever got, we just got ready for another game. We just did the hype and the television and the tradition is what really lied within the hands of the alumni groups. But don't they, uh, I know, I know that, uh, they get, they have the big, the big pep rallies and bonfires right. and things like that. So you guys do kind of get involved in some of that though, right? You know, we get in we speak and stuff and play around with it and get with the cheerleaders and both sides and bonfires. And they got a rap Tommy Trojan. You got to rap the Bruin, the bear, uh, over on the campuses and everybody at CAG play things and stuff like that. But that's the fanfare and stuff like that. But like I said, the bottom line is, in the, at the end of the day, it's a football game. And uh, we got to prepare for that. That's it. Yeah. The, uh, you know, we, we've talked about uh, the, the playoff system that they're gearing up for this year. Uh, yesterday they came out with the, the, new, the new rankings. Uh, I think – who went to number one? Alabama? Yep. Alabama went to number one, and Oregon's at number two. Florida State, the only undefeated team in the top in the top four there is number three. And I think Mississippi State went to four, right? Right. Well, you know, of, of course, I mean, you know, you got the four, but I disagree with all that, like most people really do. The ones who really know what they're talking about, they, they know that, that it's, it's still flawed because the thing that the thing that that, 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 that that I wonder about is if you can have two teams in the same conference playing for the national championship. What's wrong with that picture? You, you can't have that. You know, I mean, you just can't have. I mean, potentially, if they keep one out, this potentially can happen. Alabama can go up against uh, Michigan, uh, uh, Mississippi State. Just like you remember what happened with LSU and Alabama right. in the same conference. So that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you got to go against another conference. You need a full-fledged playoff because this is what's going to happen. I've been preaching this the whole year. You know, it just you just can't have it, and that's going to change too this week. It's going to change again. Okay, who's going to be in the top four next week? 
Is it going to be the same? Is somebody one of those guys going to get knocked off then? Or, you know, is it going to be a deadlock? If it's a deadlock and everybody wins out the way it is, if all, that's where it's going to stay right there. And who knows? Mississippi State could go against Alabama again, depending on what happens in that top four. It's 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 interesting to watch each week, uh, and, and and you know we we see we see these games. Uh, I, I I'm still kind of baffled at how uh, Florida State still ends up number three. Uh, these guys, you know, they, they 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 come from behind. They've come from behind several times. They's, they're under, undefeated. I think they got like 27 straight wins, uh, and you know they're in last year's national champions. You think that. Uh, they would be one or two. I, mean, I don't see how teams that have one loss are ahead of them. Don't get that either. You know, and, and they're the national champs. And, and, and they've proven their football character on the field. Hey, they're undefeated. They should be number one overall. If this the system is prevailing, they should be number one. I mean, if you're going to have this jive system they have, I've said jive and, and screwed up system, they should be number one. You got one. You got one lost team ahead of them. That's crazy. That's insane. So, uh, the, the hypocrisy of the system, the hypocrisy of the, how they rank these teams, is making sense. And it's all flat out social and, and political. Uh, why they're the way they are. They just don't like the kid Winston James. That's what it is. It's a dislike for the culture of supposedly against Florida State. That's my opinion. And it, it, it smells. They're the only one on the field of the four up there. Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care what you think of the program and think of it that that, that that quarterback, but they've been undefeated and they've done some stuff on the field that no one's done in this whole year. They've come back. No one in the top four has ever come back like that this year. And so let me tell you something. And whoop we do. Let me say this too. What if they put a serious game together, which they're going to do that in the next two or three? I mean, they they're going to everything's going to work on all cylinders. They're going to blow somebody up seventy to nothing one of the games, maybe. But, I mean, if they put it all together, and they might do it in a championship game, if they really blow somebody out, that's going to be amazing. Then, on the other hand of that, they could get beat, too. Oh, yeah. Anybody can get beat. But I, I, so, I, so, I mean, on any of the standing right now, but where it's currently done, they should be number one. And they should have been number one the whole year. Which, which, that's uh, my You know, my, my opinion is, is collegiate football is the best sport to watch, period. Flat out, that's that's where it is, mm-hmm. and I've seen some uh, some outstanding games this year. Uh, you know, win or lose, two different teams, and and, and, so, and you know, some big big blowouts, some close games. But what I do give Florida State credit for is those guys never look like they're worried. They never look like, and they and they've been behind by a lot. They've been behind by double digits, and uh, and they just never seem to, to. It doesn't seem to phase them. I mean, I've seen teams, you know. Uh, Come back from big from big deficits and still lose. I've seen teams that get flustered when they fall behind. Uh, guys, you know they try too hard and whatnot. These guys, they they, they never seem to their posture in the field, the the behavior of the, the the guys on the sideline. It seems to be you know pretty static throughout the entire game. And how they continue to come back and, and win these games is, is is unbelievable. Well, the thing you know you know the situation with the football situation is that they stick to their plan. Regardless of what happens, a hostile crowd, whatever goes on, they stick to their game plan, both defense and offense. And the coordinators on both, so you got to take your hats off to them because they keep their team focused. Okay, we're down double digits. 
But we just book progress and come back and we'll be okay. And that's exactly what they've done. They never jumped off their game plan. And sometimes coordinators sort of panic and then and it, and it resonates through through the team and how they perform. Well, they've stayed calm and poised and stayed academically focused on what they have to do. That's why they're the, that's to me, that's why they're the best program in the country. Well, you know, you know what it's like to come back, <laughs> to be down by uh, big numbers at halftime and come back and win games. And and, and uh, is that the same type of mindset that, that your team had back in the day? And when you guys were, you guys were, uh, you know, you guys came back for some big deficits to win some games and blow some people out. Uh, what's it like at halftime in those situations? Well, that's what I took. That's what I. That's what I tell people all the time about the great, in my opinion, the greatest comeback in college ball history. In the circumstances of one versus one versus three, and back in those days where the rankings were, and uh, we stayed to the game plan. We never altered. We never altered. We just believed in what we could do. It just said, you know, you know, when humans are playing football, anything can happen. We realized that, and we we gathered ourselves, and came back and stayed focused. And you know, along with a little bit of breaks here and there. We blew them out 55 24 for a 24 0 deficit. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's unbelievable. I mean, how, and how do you, how do you come back from the number one defense ranked in the country at the time? I think they were number two at the time offensively. I mean, God, they, they, they were, they were leaders in all those categories, but also they were a very physical team at the time. So we stuck to our guns and came back. That's why I considered what it is because of the rankings and what, what those two teams met in those years. So we, so we, we stuck to our guns. The running game, the passing game, special teams, man, you saw the results, 55-24. <laughs> I haven't seen anything since like that. If I know someone, I'd show me, tell me where any games you've seen like that in history. I haven't seen it that since. I've been waiting for the last 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> We we've talked a lot about about uh, the, the way the game the way the game is played these days. Uh, you know, a lot of these teams they don't huddle. Uh, everything's done during the uh, I don't know what was it twenty four seconds? How long is the clock on, on college ball? Forty forty seconds. So they they go, they they stand at the line of scrimmage. They, they get the you know they get the call from the sidelines or the coach is talking to you or whatever. They're you know they're giving they're giving the directions right there on you know, at the line of scrimmage. Uh, what are your thoughts on that as opposed to huddling up, calling your play, going out there, getting set, and running the ball? I think a little bit that's okay. But I think I'm a, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to that. I think they need to slow down, take a breath, huddle up. You can give a signal to that quarterback, or you might run it in depending, depending on how you do it, but you huddle up. You slow the tempo down. You manage the game. You don't speed clock the game. You manage the game. And like I told you before, I think one of the things I'm critical about when it comes to USC with the lack of scholarship, they strip it out like that. Now, I'm against that. I think they should hold up and slow it down. From a conditioning standpoint and from, from a TIG standpoint, to me, as a former player, you cannot overwork your team. That's like, a, that's like you overrunning the quarter horse. You just can't do it. you got to space your time. Because of lack of scotch. And that's why I think SC slows down in the third or fourth quarter and how can they give those leads away? That's because of the fatigue sitting in. I believe in the huddle situation and do, and you do it that way. You can do it a little bit, but I mean, overall, I'm a tradition. I don't believe in that. 
I think uh, it's been some of the games that I've watched. Uh, they, you know, these guys are running these plays, you know, very quickly uh, without the huddle, and it comes down to uh, managing the clock later on in the game. They 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 either incapable of or the coach hasn't, you know, brought it to their attention to uh, to manage the clock. And I see I see guys are you know are, are giving the ball away with too much time left when they would have run the clock down and snapped it, you know, with two or three seconds left or huddled up and taken some time off the clock, they would be in better chance instead of having to punt with, you know, a lot of time left on the clock because they've, they've played this quick, you know, quick, you know, line of scrimmage type uh, ball game. No, I mean, you just can't, I mean, look, you just can't do, I mean, in my opinion, my football opinion, and it's okay with the trick. It's all about the spread and stuff and the tricky and everything. Else. And you can do a little of that, that stuff, but you also put a little old school in because at the end of the day, football is football. And, you know, I think some coaches do it. And, you know, you see a little bit of that with uh, – you definitely see what Saban's in Alabama. He's sort of old school. And it proves him out. Look what he's done. Look how consistent he's been. You know, he doesn't believe in the quick snap stuff. And, and if he does do that, you know, it, it, it's because of coordinators. But basically, overall – He's a traditionalist. He doesn't believe in that. He's going to beat you up. It doesn't matter. And he, he reminds me of those because he'll line up and he'll tell her, hey, we're coming right there and you can't stop us. And that's, that's the football we play. And we were structured that way. To try to, you know, the clock and all that kind of stuff, you know, definitely in the fourth quarter, you've got to really start managing the clock. But you, they start managing the clock in the first quarter with two scripts. You just can't do it. They script the game out like that. And that thing will throw you off sometimes. If you get off, thrown off of that, uh, off that scripting of, of the play, that can really screw your team up. You can burn them out too early, too. I mean, you can get up 25, 30 points, and all of a sudden, third quarter, they're creeping back. It's a 38, it's a 30, 28 game. I mean, that, you've seen that in two or three games with the USC and some of the teams around the country. And you can't be physical. You can't be physical and dominant if you keep doing that. You just won't have no energy left in, 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 in the bodies on the t- with the players doing that. Right. I just don't see it. I mean, I just don't see it. You know, I'm old school when it comes to that. I mean, football is really physical enough, but, you know, you got to pace it with the clock, with your players. you got to know what the personality is. you got to know the, the, the conditioning of the players during the game. you gotta, you got to monitor all that stuff. And, and, that, and that's the key to a successful coach, in my opinion. Well, I can talk that because I'm – I'm part of two national titles in terms of football. <laughs> they did something right. You know, everybody said, well, that was Nike. Well, it doesn't matter. 1970, 1974, 2014, it doesn't, doesn't matter. With, with this, at this time of year, we, we start to hear a whole lot of talk about the Heisman. Have you been kind of keeping track of guys out there? Anybody you see that's kind of stepping up that you think is a, a, a good Heisman candidate? And, you know, I, you know, first of all, it's anybody's trophy. Uh, you can hype it all you want. Uh, the playoff thing is changing a lot. Like I said before, you know, they can't vote until, like I would, I would like to see with these current candidates. Uh, to me, as far as everybody's neck and neck, uh, the thing is, I think you should wait till all the games are done before you announce the trophy. Because like I said before, there could be two candidates to go head up and in the playoffs. And that could determine whether or not you win it or not. I mean, and, you know, you can't, as far as I'm concerned, you cannot determine the Heisman Trophy until all the games are done. That's how I feel. Yeah. You know, 
legislation. I was one, and I, I, I was one of the candidates that that happened to. That's why they changed the voting in the Heisman. Because anyway, so my game was done, and that was during the season. Right. I'm saying let's do it for the playoffs. So I don't see anybody that sticks out with me. I think they're all there, depending on how they perform and what they do. I don't see no, nobody sticks out. I mean, you have all the candidates up there that I know of, but uh, I don't see anybody, in my opinion, that's sticking out. Let's uh, let's uh, shift gears real quick. Let's uh, you played you played uh, baseball. You're 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 uh, you were drafted by, by, by the MLB. Uh, this week uh, we had uh, Clayton Kershaw and, Mar- and Mike Trout uh, both win uh, MVPs, and uh, Kershaw also won the Cy Young. Uh, some, you know, one of the questions is, is uh, you know, there's a pitcher winning the MVP. Uh, I think Kershaw played 24, 25 games this season, out of 115, 116 games, or something along those lines. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the pitcher winning the uh, MVP? I think that thing, that's okay. I mean, for what he the body of work that he did for the Dodgers, based on what he did, I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, he's been consistent. But then, you know, there's always going to say people, well, he didn't win the World Series. He didn't do that. We, if you're going to be a serious candidate, you got to win, win that. Well, he didn't do that. But I believe that he is deserving of it. I think my might, my, uh, I don't think you can argue with, with the choices. But based on the body work they've done, Mike Trout's always been consistent. I think he's one of the best bookball guys in baseball, and he's proven that both defensively and offensively. I think it was both; they were worthy of it. I don't see anything. I don't see why Pritchard cannot win the MVP. It's it, it, it's it's interesting because uh, you know we we talked about it a little bit earlier that uh, obviously he's well deserving but uh, you know I, I was watching uh, as as as, as T Bone calls the self proclaimed leaders of worldwide sports uh-huh. uh, talking about uh, one of the one of the former ball players on there and he says uh, you know he says he's a big proponent of the fact that the MVP should go to everyday players and not pitchers but even I can't and I wish I could remember his name but even he said. You know this pick is a, is a good pick. So I think I think, you know, it probably doesn't usually go to pitchers, but I, I think uh, Kershaw is probably well deserving. Well, of course. I mean, look. I mean, look, look at the body's work. He's been consistent. He, you know, he stumbled a little bit in the club, but still, sometimes you're not going to be on on top all the time. That means your guys got to step up behind you. The hitting's got to be there. Your defenses have to be there. I mean, he's only one ball player. And he's his body of work. He's, he was great at what he did. They just stumbled as a team overall in the playoffs. But what he did, and you're right, I do agree with that too. It should be an everyday player, but as far as I'm concerned, I didn't see an everyday player that did what he did in the National League. <laughs> so, so but, but, but Mike Trout was a great choice in the American League. Right. He, the everyday player did that because he was the best player in the league. The first time, what he did, from his body of work and, and what he is is a, is a pitcher. Basically, look at everybody else in the league. He was the best at what he was doing. And nobody else superseded what he was doing in the league. So I thought that was two good choices right there. NFL, uh, Adrian Peterson. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, he's going to spend it the rest of the year. Uh, you know, we've talked about him in the past. Uh, I, I, looked, I looked some stuff up and, I guess ESPN asked him last year how many kids he has, and he he, he kind of he, he avoided the question. It's tough to answer. Uh, but uh, but there, there are reports out there he's got seven kids. I think he's like 28, 29 years old. Uh, what are your thoughts on Adrian? Uh, what does he need to do? And uh, is he going to get back? Is he going to get back in the game or what? 
first of all, if, 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 if me and we both played the same position running back and the whole deal. All, all I'm saying, what I'm going to say about him is that number one, on the field, in his performance, I wouldn't, I, first of all, he set himself up into one to come back. He, he ain't in condition that he should be. Look, he's, he's missed nine games. And if I was him, I would get my personal life together and just and let this year be a watch. I wouldn't even want to come back. If I was advising him, you you just sit out this whole year. You know, they're punishing you, but but your mindset should be, I'm going to get my family in order, what I have. And I don't know what it is. If he has seven kids or seven different women or what. You know, couple or five women, whatever it is. I said, first of all, in society, that doesn't that doesn't look good. I mean, we we all can agree. What are you doing with seven kids and five different women? I mean, and then if you do have it, you better make sure you take care of it. And you and you really can't be in a position to really discipline the way you way you do it with seven kids. And how do you spend quality time with seven kids? You got five women. I mean, I don't get that one. I mean, I don't even know. How, I don't even know how you have the emotional and mental time to nourish a child when you got seven of them with five different women. The personalities, the emotions are different. So he needs to clean up. In my opinion, and I know some of the ladies out there listening, some of the, they will agree with it. You need to get your house in order before you can think about a football game. And oh, and by the way, you'd be glad that you had the resources to take care of them kids. Mm-hmm. And you got to take care of them kids. And I think behind the scenes, real quick, Eddie, one thing I did read about, uh, according to one of the people who were speaking, was that financially he's there for all of his kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, that's one thing they did give him. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, props for, credit for, whatever. He's got right. he's got all these kids, but he does take care of them financially. Like you said, I don't know how he's dealing emotionally, how he's able to spread that kind of time around. I mean. Those of us who've got more than one know how hard it is just to deal with. <laughs> I, had, well, I had one, man. I was like having 50. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's, but, 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 but I'm just saying financially he can do it. Okay, that's great. But I'm saying when you talk about, you know, one-on-one and a family group, you know, you had seven kids with one woman, that's one thing. You've got seven kids with multiple women. So the thing is, I mean, how do you manage that? How do you do that? I mean, it's impossible to do that. The personality structure, the emotional structure, the whole deal like that. You know, kidney, you know, attention. And I can speak on it because I didn't have a father around. My father was an alcoholic, a devout alcoholic. And if, and if he couldn't handle his kids, and he just had one woman and four, and, and we had kids four, how can you handle seven with five? I don't know how you do it. He may be in thank goodness he has money. Well, what if yeah, what, what if this guy out there that has seven kids and have any money? That ain't be worse. The, the, the thing is, is you know, this this phenomenon is not exclusive to Adrian Peterson. We've heard about this with NBA players. We've heard about it with other football players. A lot of athletes are out there traveling a lot. Visiting all these cities and planting their seeds in all these places. How do you? Uh, these guys are young, man. These guys are young, and you know they're they're gonna, you know they're each time they're looking at the next you know eighteen twenty years of, of support and, and you know just just that. But you know, kind of ra- trying to raise kids and and and, uh, and give them guidance and stuff like that. I mean, you you, you know, do they have people from these different? Uh, 
players associations to come out and talk to these guys and kind of you know give them some heads up on things you know like this? You got to believe they have things every year talking about the do's and don'ts about the being a professional athlete, the money, the shysters, the con men, the women, the whole deal. You know, um, having kids out of wedlock, all that stuff. Just you figured that it, it, it would seek into some of these things. Doesn't work. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of guys. For, for, for every one guy that got big, you got another fifty that's doing great. They're model people. They got structure. They, they're responsible. And you know, this as far as I'm concerned, that's a sense of irresponsibility. But true, absolutely, they have people to talk to these guys every, in every sport. They have former players and people who've done stuff like that, and they tell them the hardships they after they retire. I mean, you name it. You know, I, I hear it all the time. But do you think it's sickness of some of these guys? That's just that's just pure irresponsibility. And then I'm gonna bring this race thing, up. and then and, and then with us traditionally in the black race, we don't have fathers around. And just because you have money doesn't mean you're gonna be around. It's already been proven. No money or money. Right. So we have people, and we have guys pulling these some guys aside. They said, "Look, you can't do this. If you do this, this is the result. You're making all this money, but you got to be responsible with that." And you, and, and, you, and you just can't go do certain crazy things. But, you know, you, you, you think a lot of them get it, but a lot of them just go right back down the same road. You hear it every year. Well, it's, it's, it's a shame, and, and, and it's, it's, it's difficult on, on a whole lot of fronts. And, uh, you know, you've got I mean, they, I mean, they, have, they have seminars just on that. Just on that. <laughs> I mean, and you would think these guys would take advantage. I mean, that, to me, that's the way it's weight and gold. To sit there and talk to former players, current players in the league, the dudes and I mean, and, and they still fall on those traps. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I, you know, and I said, hey, I made mistakes, but made mistakes like that. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not Don Juan. I wasn't. I made mistakes, and that's one of the reasons I talk to tell tough guys too. But you know, but, 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 but for example, if you if you get in one situation, try to straighten it out. But don't just keep repeating and doing it, redoing it, and redoing it all the time. Right. We uh, <clears throat> we we talk. We're still on the NFL, uh, and you know, I I always ask you each week about something I saw on on, on it's a football life because I think that's one of the greatest sports shows on TV. And uh, this past week, uh, uh, they did the uh, what they called the greatest backfield. And it was the uh, the Miami Dolphins, uh, Zonka, Kick, and uh, Mercury Morris back in the day. Uh, you played with and or against uh, these guys. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on, on their on their? I mean, these guys went undefeated what two years in a row or something like that. What are your thoughts on this on, the, on that Dolphins team and these three guys uh, as far as uh, backfield ball players? First of all, I mean, you just got to take it off this dog, you know, and, you know, I'll, and, you know, and I don't even know if Mercury Morris knows it. And I, I mean, I know he's had some issues off the field after he retired, but let me tell you something. As far as he's one of the most intelligent guys that I've heard talking stuff. And he's also, he also was a great player and also he's a great person. They're great, you know, advocate about the things off the field. And, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Dolphins, they, they're the only undefeated team. You got to give it to them. That's iconic right there. Zonka kicking Warfield. I would say that was the, the, the best overall backfield ever to play in the National Football League. And I happened to play against two of them. I had played against when they were in the NFL, and I played against them in when, they were, uh, when they were in the World Football League. Zonka, Kick, and uh, Paul Warfield. 
So yeah, from a distance, I admired him, period. And I happen to know, know Larry Johnson. And uh, I can tell you that that's the best I've seen collectively in football in the period. And they dominated, too. I mean, they dominate any way they want. I mean, 17 and 0. I haven't seen it since. You haven't. You can say whatever you want. Just like, just like Merkel Moore says of you, you can get in the neighborhood, but you can't join it. You go 17 and 0. You can knock on the door. You can knock on the door, but you can't have no key because you ain't going to feed it. <laughs> it was interesting. They said that. Uh, they said that. Uh... When the Bears uh, were, were, were knocking on uh, their undefeated season, uh, right? Uh, Shula invited all the all the players from that '72, uh, whatever whatever year that team was, and went undefeated. Uh, right. They all stood on the sidelines. They all stood on the sidelines with with the players, and then they and they uh, they cheered them on and everything, and, and they beat the Bears. And that was the Bears' one loss that season. Well, the timing was good. Maybe maybe it affected them. Maybe it affected psychologically. I'm saying to this day. I've seen one team do that. They dominated. In the year that they won 17 and 0 in 72, we went 12 and 0 in 72. And you got to remember, that was the greatest defeat in NFL history, defeat. And a lot of people call us the 72 team, the greatest in college. So it was fitting that we both did it in the same year with the great players in college and the great players we had in the pros. So, you know, uh, it was other teams that went 12 and 0, but they didn't go 12 and 0 like that 72 team because the thing is about the 72 team not played on where I scored six against Notre Dame is that we never trailed in the fourth quarter, ever. No team's never done that in history. We never trailed in the fourth quarter. Wow. By anyone. The closest anybody got to was 18 and nothing. That was Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> what was interesting about the, 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 uh, the Dolphins, the, that backfield, uh, even before Morris got there, because before Morris got there, it was it was Zonk and Kick. These guys weren't exceptionally fast. They 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 weren't they weren't quick. They weren't fast. Uh, Morris was, uh, Kick Kick wasn't, and, and Zonka wasn't. Uh, what what do you think was attributed to them being so successful as as running backs? Well, they had great overall play. You know, they had Marlon Briscoe, they had Paul Warfield on the receiving side, a slash quarterback who played at Denver. Uh, uh, they had decency, no, but they, but they had an overall, they had an overall defensively and offense. They had a good team overall. When Mercury Morris got there, they just turned them over the top. Because then you had, you know, uh, possession, uh, offense, you had kick, you had, you had Larry Zonka with the power, and you had Warp, you then you would kick when, when Mercury Morris got there, they can beat you inside and outside from the running game. And then if, and if that didn't get you, they had Wolf and Marlon Briscoe on the outside. And Ted Cook and 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 and, and that Mar Fleming at the tight end, who was a big fast tight end. So, I mean, unbelievable that little. I mean, unbelievable that offensive line. They they were just great. They were great. I mean, yeah, like you said before, Murphy got there. They were just you know, decent speed. When he got there, they were like a fraud. I mean, they could beat you anyway. You you couldn't you couldn't defense those guys. <laughs> How good they were. How good they were. We, uh, we 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 were talking uh, also about uh, you wanted to talk about the Redskins. Yeah, now this this uh, everybody hold their hats when I say this. You hold your hats. I have a problem with the Redskins. I do personally, and I have a, a a professor that I've known for years. I made speeches at his college. His name is Professor Graham Warden. 
he was a professor of American history and and uh, and sports history. Okay, and let me say this to you: you might as well call them the Washington niggas. You might as well call them the Washington kites, the Washington dagos, the Washington honkies. If you're gonna say, if you're gonna say Redskins, that's just as derogatory as what I just mentioned right there on the air. They should change the name. And you know, and like and like he's always said, and he's talking, he says, you know, you had some Native Americans who, who rode with the cavalry. Well, I can tell you that there's a lot of Native Americans in this country who are very offended by that name. You're gonna worry about not changing that name? That name's offensive to anybody. And I played in big and I played against the Redskins. I think that's I think I think that's terrible. You know what? You know you you can't change that name. You know, what, what call them Washington shirts or something, but don't don't call them that. Well, the question the question I have is 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 uh, there uh, there's a lot of articles coming out, a lot of stories coming out, a lot of things coming out where there are other uh, Native American nations that aren't offended by it; they support them. Uh, there's a high school in, in, in uh, Arizona, Nav- Navajo, uh, on the Navajo Reservation. They're, they're called the Redskins. They support the Washington Redskins. They don't want them to change the name. And you hear more and more about a lot of these different uh, uh, Native American nations that find it uh, – they don't find it offensive. They find they, – they actually support them in uh, the understanding that, that uh, some of the things I've been reading over the last year or so was that uh, – you know the the ones who the the the, the organization that first uh, brought this up. Uh, a lot of these other nations say that these guys are just trying to make a name for themselves, and, being, and also being devil's advocate. Uh, you know what? There's something that goes on every day somewhere somehow where someone is offended, and there's nothing that there, there's no right to not be offended. If I, my my opinion is, if you're offended by something and you don't support it. You don't purchase their products. You don't buy their tickets. You don't watch their shows or whatever, whatever that is. Uh, that doesn't mean that the owner has uh, a obligation to change the name. Well, <clears throat> we'll put it this way. I've heard that the same argument you said about some do trust, but, uh, but believe me, the majority do not support that. And I tell you, I've heard, I hear it all the time, and I know some Native Americans. And I know, I know a couple, I know some natives who, who they don't have a problem with it, but the majority of them do. Now, I don't know if that's fabricated numbers. All I know, everywhere I've been, they were against that. No, because he ain't obligated to change it. But from a moral standpoint, you know, if he's being sensitive and, and, and him being a minority, frankly, and he know what his people have been through. Now, I'm talking about Daniel Snyder. What is, did you just get the Holocaust, brother? I mean, you should, you should be sensitive about what happened, but you know, he's not obligated to change it. If, 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 is he more interested in his money or is he interested in the fact that, uh, he's not interested in the fact that these people are offended by it. He has more people offended by it than people that are not. So, so, so a lot of the native, native American people that I know think the ones who, who, who celebrate that are sellouts. I'm just telling you, there's two sides of that coin. But, but for my indications, is most of them do not like and they're offended. Well, I'm offended by a person because I know how it affects those people. 
Redskins, and he ain't obligated to change it. But if there's enough opposition out there, you should consider, seriously consider. Whether they change or not, who knows? I'm just, this is just one giving their opinion. And I've heard people, and those names I mentioned on just next country, I've heard people tell me that. In every category, I've had a white person tell me that. I've had a Chinese person tell me that. I've heard an Asian person tell me that. And my own people have said that, that are offended by that. I think if we get a new L.A. team, we should call them the Honkies, honestly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. You might as well call them the Washington Honkies, the Washington niggas. I mean, you don't say that. <laughs> the Washington, you know, the Washington, the Washington Peace Eaters. I mean, come on. The only thing I... I mean, there's a couple things where I think you and I are probably not going to agree, but I, okay. I, I think honestly that the the biggest problem right now that really keeps this thing from moving forward is that if you look at the population of the United States of America as a whole, not sports right. fans, not you know people who read the Washington Post or the New York Times or whatever, if you look at people, citizens or residents of this country as a whole, I think that the majority are absolutely apathetic to this issue. It's such a, it's just, I think most of them just don't give a shit, unfortunately. Well, frankly, you know, let me say this to you. I do agree with you. I do agree with you on that. I do. I think a lot of people don't care one way or the other. And what are they talking about? But I'm just saying, since I'm in tune to it, and I'm sensitive to it, I just, you know, I'm I'm just, I agree with it. It's offensive. But some people say, man, who cares? You can name me. You call me the Washington Pig. You know, you can walk call them anything you want. You can walk walk call them the Washington Cracker Jack. It doesn't matter. But some people like you, some just really don't care. Yeah. But since I'm I know at least I know my professor friend, and I know several people in different minorities, you know, a lot of them that I know are very offended offended. And then some people just don't care. They don't. And I, I guess the other issue where I, I am not gonna probably get on quite the same page as you is uh to call the, the the Native American folks who don't have a, a problem with the Redskins name to call them sellouts or in any way kind of question their authenticity. Well, I'm, not, I, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, I'm telling you what other other Native Americans have told me. Well, no, it, no, I don't. Just, that that one right there reminds me of what's the kook's name from from ESPN who was saying that Robert Griffin the Third was a cornball brother because he dated a white woman. You know, it's like. I, it's just nonsense, you know. Why are we why are we pitting people against each other and saying that somebody someone is not uh, someone is not supporting your cause, therefore they're not true to their ethnicity or whatever? It just doesn't make any sense to me, you know. People, well, all ethnicities can have similar and differing opinions, and it doesn't change their it doesn't change their standing. It doesn't change anything about their value as a person. So. I don't know. I, I, I well, you know something. I don't. I don't disagree with you on that because Lord knows I don't date everything in the sun. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! I dated white. I dated Asian. I dated. I dated. I dated. Dated all. I dated the League of Nations. <laughs> so I'm saying, you know, we'll be speaking at the UN next week. <laughs> Yeah, you might as well call me the United Nations because I don't have I've, I've been involved in everything. So, I mean, I agree with you on that one, too. Let me call him a cornball. I'm just telling you that uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, and basically, and basically, I'm just, I'm telling you that it is offensive because what I've been through 
I'm, you know, what I've been through as a man and, and, and seeing the racial stuff over, over the last 40 years of my life, that's the reason why I'm sensitive about it. And I, and I, and I have a, a place in my heart about people who have been discriminated against and how it's been used against them. That's all I'm saying. At the end of the day, if you want to keep in the Redskins, that's your business. I'm just telling you, I don't like it. And you can't, and you, it, it ain't gonna hurt you. It ain't gonna hurt you changing your name. You still gonna make the money because people ain't going out to see because it's the Redskins. They come out to see the football game. But I'm saying at the end of the, end of the day, and you know, at the end of the day, I will live with that because this is America. You do what you want. But I'm just telling you, I don't like it. Ad, you call somebody corn big corn corn ball. Oh, I'm definitely against that, especially <laughs> because I've been involved in everything that moves. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. We, we're going to be off next week, but uh, we'll be back in a few weeks, and, uh, and uh, oh, you, you and I will talk you, between then. But uh, we'll have you back uh, when we get back. You mean I'm, I'm I'm toxic to you now? You I can't talk. You got to take a break from my toxic, no, man, my, my toxic next, flavor. Next, next week's a holiday, man. Next week's a holiday. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! You got to talk to that turkey, huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, listen, it was great talking, and uh, I, I hope I hope people got uh, something out of this tonight because it was uh, it was a lot of topics we talked about. It was I think it's important. As always, brother, we'll, 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 talk, uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'll, be, I'll talk to you this week, of course. Uh, have a great one, man. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank you. Hey, listen to Swoops from the Talk Story Radio Network. We'll take a quick break. Michelle Mangione, and this one is called uh, What is the Saint? Back after this. <laughs> Are you ready? To be someone To a stranger Of less fortune Would you offer up your smile Just for the love of it What is a saint to you? Are you i
to be honest Take a good What's up, world? I'm Porter. And I'm Kaysen. And we're Project Rehab. And you're listening to Soup's World. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. 
It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious. And if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please, visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. Hi, this is Kelly Z. And Casey Regan. We're from Music You Can See and AmeriBlues.com and Kelly's Live. We are swooping it at Swoops World. And welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And we want to thank Anthony Davis for, uh, for joining us, as always. Always interesting talk with AD, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Got plenty of plenty to say, and uh, not afraid to say it. Huh? <laughs> Always good. We're uh, we're about time for a little T Bone segment. You about ready, T Bone? Or uh, mm, let's riff a little. Let's riff a little. We can do that. We can do that. Um, real quick, uh, we will not be here the next two weeks. We'll be back in three weeks. Uh, so we got holiday next week. Some stuff going on the following week. So we're back in three weeks. Uh, Black Belt Karate was supposed to be here tonight. They uh, they got hung up with some stuff, so they'll be here in December. I'm not sure if they're going to be that the, the, the day we come back, but uh, we will uh, post it on our website when they uh, when they show up. Uh, so that's all good. You you we had talked last week a little bit, Peter, when the, uh, I think with the uh, Christopher Featheroff and uh, Matt were here, and uh, you had talked about the, the, the we were talking about those uh, crowdfunding. And yeah. you had mentioned that you had participated in the crowdfunding, I and, had, and, yeah. and, you, and at the time you didn't, weren't sure when your item was going to be coming in. Yeah, I, uh, so I I did the Kickstarter. I participated in the Kickstarter uh, fund that the Loud Bicycle Horn—that's what it was called—and uh, I don't know, was it you or my wife? Somebody sent me the actual link and said, "This is so cool." Uh, to the Kickstarter thing, and uh, the guy did a great, great presentation. And the whole premise is, is that you know cars can't see you; they look past you. And you know if you just ring your little bell, they don't hear that. They don't even know what that is, right? But they know what it is. They just don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> that could be too. But it's also, but also, it's not loud enough. Also. No, it's not. I'm um, sorry, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so. Uh, <coughs> Um, this guy, there's a, there's studies out that show that like when people hear a car, if they're in a car and they hear the car horn go off, then they tend to look around and cover the brake and slow down. And uh, so he's like, well, that's what we need. We need a car horn for the bike. And this guy's some engineering guru guy, and he designed one. And and it's pretty cool. I saw the video. Yeah, yeah. and he actually showed it being used and showed that it actually worked. It was way cool. Uh, so then he wanted to, you know, mass produce it so he could put it in bike shops and, and what have you. And uh, so that's when he needed his, I think it was $50,000 that he needed. And he ended up, like, d- doubling that. Uh, and I went for one of the little 
because all the lower stuff had been taken. Uh, like there was a base price you could pay to get an actual unit. And those had all been taken. Uh, so I had to go up to the next level to get a unit, but mine is going to be red. Ah. Mine's going to be red and it's going to be signed. So mm. Collector's item, I guess. We'll see. Should have kicked them out a couple of bucks more to get an orange one. I know that's... <laughs> if they'd had one, I might have done that. Um, so anyhow, but that was two years ago now, almost, uh, that I did that. And uh, as I said, he got it. And the guy's been great about giving you updates. He goes to China. There was one point for like six months he was actually living in China, trying to get like all the parts and testing everything and, and you know working with different manufacturers and all that. Now he's still making regular trips to China. Um, and there's been three or four times we're like, we've done it. And then they said, well, we tested the prototypes, and they sucked. <laughs> and we had to go. So three or four times, he had to literally go on. One time, I know he had to redesign, like, the whole casing. Uh, another time, it was electronics. And another time, it had something to do with, uh, it was just, like, too expensive or something like that to, to produce. So anyhow, I got an email just tonight. Uh, seems to, They seem to come in on Wednesdays at, at, here on Swoosquill. And um, it's, it's ready. Nice. It's, it's on a boat. From China, right now. And, uh, it's got his, and Jack on. His, his horn and Jack Bauer on a slow boat from China. That's it. And, uh, so I'll be getting my, my horn, which would be cool. So we'll see. Now, does it run off a battery? It does. It's a rechargeable battery. And uh, the whole unit, if I remember right, they got it down to just over a pound. So, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're a racer, you're not going to have one of these. Um, but... Anybody else pounds nothing on a bike, right? Um, I mean, unless you're racing. And so and it fits, from what I've seen, uh, you know, the, the basically the down front down tube uh, for your bike. And uh, it's, I haven't seen it yet, but the pictures I've all seen, it shows it, it just, it'll pretty much attach to just about anything. And then there's a, uh, a little wire that goes up to a thumb. Uh, button yeah that just sets it off and it's loud apparently so i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to using that i'm gonna i'm gonna have a good time with that sure it's gonna be, be hard to, to the, not I'm abuse i'm sure the missus yeah. is gonna be a, no but that's awesome though like i was riding back from downtown after the marathon back in october mm-hmm. and i rode past some hot chicks on the bike path like some some girls who were there to promote for Michelob ultra mm. and they were all in like little crop yeah. tops and like yoga pants and everything and I'm riding the bike, and I ding the bell. I'm like, <laughs> man, that thing. sucks. Especially if you ride I, that, like you were riding, too. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> if I had a horn to honk, this would really be a little more fun. I can't well, whistle for shit. Just so. like two weeks ago, I could have used it. Uh, my daughter and I were going to school, and we're turning left into the – we're, we're totally where we're supposed to be. We're doing everything. But the person who was turning right on the same street that we were turning onto was so busy – in all fairness, that, that crosswalk is crazy busy with pedestrians. So he's so busy making sure he's not about to run over a pedestrian. He about takes you out? He got, he's about to got my daughter, actually. Yeah. And I'm, I'm yelling, whoa, whoa, you know, on top of my voice, you know, as loud as I can. Fortunately, he had his window down. And and he, he hit the brakes. He threw up his hands. He apologized. I mean, it was an honest mistake, and he wasn't moving fast. And it was all because he was really trying to be careful not to hit the pedestrians that were in the crosswalk. But right there, man, if I had popped the horn... 
He'd have, he'd have stopped right away. You know, he'd have thought, oh, I'm cutting off a car. I need to stop. And it wouldn't have gotten, it wasn't really that close, but it wouldn't even have gotten that close. That, you know, I, I, that's, I, I, you know, I had a chance to grab one. I'll grab one. I've done the whoa, whoa several mm. times, <laughs> especially, uh, actually, uh, uh, about three days ago. Yeah. Uh, somebody came in, uh, you know, I'm in the legitimate bike lane. Yeah. Which nobody respects. <laughs> no respect. <laughs> and somebody comes barreling out of like a, a business. You know, uh-huh. you know, instead of they can't go because cars are coming, but they they nose out in front of the bike lane. Right. So I, and I, 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 I sensed it coming, so I was ready with my whoa whoa and uh, I gave my whoa whoa. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's frightening sometimes. You know, it's just it is. Never frightening. So. And sometimes, you know, like people. If people are in the car, especially their windows are up, and they hear a yelling voice, they don't think that they're about to run someone over. And they don't think it's for them half the time either. Exactly. But when they hear a car horn, everybody, everybody, it's just, it's, it's just one of those things. You, you may not actually stop, but you, you kind of look around. You're like, is somebody honking at me? Yeah. If nothing else, just so you can flip them off, right? <laughs> you're looking around. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It makes it gives it. A, is it going to be for everybody? No, but uh, I think, I think recreational riders will. Uh, Appreciate it. I know it's not a cheap unit. Uh, I don't. I haven't it's seen. It's worth yet. every penny, man. Yeah, I haven't seen yet what it's gonna what it's gonna retail at. I know I, I splurged. Like I said, I think it was like one forty, one fifty that I spent to get the. You have to get the You have to get the. Yeah, and I I felt good about it because I felt felt like it's something we could use. So I, I didn't mind it. I don't know. I I think I remember him saying that it will retail. His goal, anyhow, was to have it retail at under a hundred. So it, it's not a cheap but it's not the most expensive thing and if you are especially if you're a regular cyclist who commutes yeah and you're in traffic that's that's who i think this is going to appeal to more than because the racers don't care their balls out they're gonzo they don't care um i'm out there and then the people who are freaking yeah man, but yeah. the people who aren't out there very often they don't care. They're, they're going oh, i'm not gonna spend 100 bucks yeah. it's the people that are riding every day they're riding to pick up their groceries they're, they're riding to work uh, it's their commute vehicle. They're the people that are going to go for this. And I, I think it's a great idea. So I hope I, I wish him luck. I hope he uh, he's got a great product, and hopefully uh, it gets to stores and and uh, gets appreciated. I can see in a lot of places like Portland, uh, you know, L.A., Orange County, San Diego, those New York, yeah, places where like having a horn matters. Yeah, you know? exactly. uh, I can see I can see him doing well. So hopefully he does. Uh, you know, you you made, you made a good point that you know you're talking about. Around the school, I, I my rides daily. I probably pass five or six schools, and uh, and I know. I mean, I'm, I'm a parent. I know what it's like. I know when you get in those long lines, trying to drop a kid off and everything. You, know, you just want to go. You got to get to work, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But I, so many times, I noticed that people coming out of driveways, they do things backwards. You know, you should be looking at what could actually hit you first, right? Before you look to the other, you know, across the across the roadway, at the traffic coming from, you know, the yeah. opposite direction. <laughs> and I see people coming out of the driveway looking right, man, left, right, left. Come on, it's just, yeah. that's, uh, you learned that as a kid. They don't look left. They, they they're looking right and they're creeping out of the driveway and you're coming up and you're kind of, I need that eye contact or yeah, trying to hit yeah. the brakes and uh, it's just. Folks, <laughs> well, and transplants from the UK. <laughs> yeah, especially when you move in and you're around the schools, as you're saying. Uh, a lot of times, like some of our closest calls have been where the traffic's kind of creeping along, and all of a sudden, door, 
Well, doors are not one issue, but another, the closest calls have been the ones where, you know, somebody's decided, oh, oh I'm leaving now, and yeah. somebody else is like, oh, that's an open spot, and they, they yeah. kind of do that quick, like, oh my God, it's funny you should mention that. And yeah. usually, fortunately, they're not moving very quickly because yeah. it's creeping, but it's like now they're just, all they want to do is make sure that they claimed that spot and they pinch you. And uh, I remember one time, closest we ever had, my, my daughter was riding her own bike that day. We were on one of the ride-alongs of the tandem. And uh, it came close enough that I, I'm banging on a window yeah. as I'm getting narrower and now I'm getting pinched. And, you know, I, I'm hitting the brakes, right? but all this is happening so fast that I'm, I'm able to smack on the side of their, their car with their, the minivan or SUV or whatever it was. Bang, bang, bang. You know, and that gets their attention really quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you really don't want to get that close because who knows? I mean, at that point, you know, I'm hitting the brakes. My daughter's kind of rear-ending me, and that's when things can get a little, a little bad. Yeah. And it didn't, fortunately. Uh, nobody even – we didn't even have to get off the bikes. Uh, but still, that was the, those are – again, would have been a nice time to be able to hit that button and, you know, wail on the horn. Yeah. Would have helped. It just would one more thing. And uh, along those same lines – what you get lots of times too, anytime the traffic backs up, is the person who goes, "I don't need to be here," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's not a, a, the space they're going for. They're just trying to bail out of the long line. Right. And you know what really gets me is usually uh, near alleys, because yeah. then they go, "Screw this!" Oh, I can turn right here. Yeah, I can turn right here, right? And then you're like coming up and like, and they don't look. They just right. they don't look, and they don't usually put on their turn signal. No, they they're, just they're bolt. just like, "Boom, I'm yeah, gone." I know. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. Those. Scary <laughs> too. Actually, those, and that happens tends to happen more often, I think, in the like urban well, areas. Well, when, yeah. when I ride past, uh, you know what happens to me all the time? Uh, Los Coyotes coming up to Bellflower, it backs up because yeah. the freeway off ramps there. Yeah. And yeah. and the, I'm there in the morning when everybody's on the work or leaving all their couple schools by there, so it backs way up there. So when it, it's backed up, and I'm in the you know basically the, the it's not even a bike lane anymore. It's kind of right. a gutter lane. Um, and everybody stopped at Bellflower, yeah. and every once in a while somebody decides, you know what, I can hit, cut this alley, go around, and then come out the other side. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what I, I, it's, I'm always looking there, man. I'm always, like, anticipating, because yeah. I've almost gotten taken out there a couple times. Yeah. So that's hopefully, uh, hopefully this guy can get his, get his, uh, like I say, get his stuff in the, in the shops. And it, it definitely will, will make people stop, because it's a horn, it's a, it's a car horn. Car horn. It's yeah. supposed to be loud, 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 man. Uh, I remember that one of the very first things he did when he went to China and, and actually had a production model, not the whole deal, but just the, the actual horn itself, he, he could send it to you and he says, you know, he told you, like, turn your volume up to whatever, you know, and then hit the play on this and you'll be able to tell how loud it is and I did it and my, my wife was in the room and she was like, it's loud it's, it's loud you know so should be fun should be, should be cool well uh, yeah we're looking forward to seeing when you get it man that's, that's a cool that's a cool deal there man definitely very cool well let's see here what am I looking for I know what I'm looking for I'm looking for this right there Oh, you know that sound? It's time for sports with T-Bone's Time Out. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's Time Out.
think I'm getting the hang of this new studio. <laughs> yeah. Feeling it? Yeah, I figured out the best places to park, how to navigate around the new the new spot. It's good. Get your pass, because I, I need a pass coming inside of town, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> Especially when the sun goes down. <laughs> I know, man. And, you know, I, I stopped and grabbed some food on the way here. And oh, I'm, no, you can't I'm, do I'm that. I'm parked out in front, like, trying to shovel food down really fast, because I think if I'm just sitting out here in the front, someone's going to throw a fit. He and I were moving in. Broad daylight, baby. We're pulling the stuff in. Like, we were here like 10 minutes. All of a sudden, the, the ghetto birds were like flying around, circling and stuff like that. And uh, then he pulled off. I said, Everything, everything's going the wrong way. We were pulling <laughs> stuff out of, out of here. We had about like 19 squad cars in the bed here. Man. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh, man. We're so quick around here, man. Mm-hmm. Attentive. George Very Jefferson over uh-huh. here. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, and and uh, for our regular listeners, uh, I don't know if they've noticed yet, but uh, not a whole lot of uh, airline traffic. There's no airline traffic. <laughs> if you hear a plane, uh, if, if you hear us on the air now, here in this studio, and you hear a plane, there's we're a serious out of here. problem. <laughs> <laughs> serious we problem. We're out of here. Fuba. I even thought about that. I blocked out the planes at the former studio. It's amazing what you get used to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you know, like when I first moved up here, I lived at the the dorms at Long Beach State, and you know, it flies over there too. Not quite as low as right. they are at the last studio, but first night, I was like, "What the hell? <laughs> what is this?" After two days, I was like, "Oh." <laughs> you know, it's funny how fast you get used to that. I, I, I moved into a place in Florida once, and uh, it, it, apparently it was right fairly close to a train track. Because <laughs> about 2 a.m., the whole house started shaking. Like my cousin Vinny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Exactly Does that right. train always come through at 5 30 in the morning? No. <laughs> said it doesn't always come through at five. Usually it's a quarter after four. <laughs> but I've been there like a couple of weeks. I, what train? It's like, uh, it's yeah. Well, I, along those lines, uh, my daughter's been having a hard time getting to sleep uh, for the last week or so. It's too quiet. Oh, it's too quiet now. Because she's been used to like just a little bit of road noise, uh-huh. just a little bit of... And so now, because we live in an old house, you know, built in 36, you know, anything we live in any house generally, but especially old houses, they have those odd creaks and pops and just, you know, just the odd sounds, which in the, the other house was every bit as old. But with all the other stuff going on, you didn't even notice it. Yeah. Now, it's so quiet that every little sound is just like an enormous, <laughs> and it was keeping her up, and, and she was getting all like freaked out. And all so now we have to send her to bed. We got her, she's got a little jam box and turn on like Pandora to like uh, you know to like the Mozart station <laughs> easy listen yeah and that's how she has to go to sleep now because it's too quiet <laughs> like yeah it's just crazy I, you know it's like I just couldn't believe that, that was the problem but <laughs> for some people it is apparently not for me <laughs> yeah right <laughs> hey real quick before t gets rolling shout out to everybody listening <laughs> in all the different ways to listen to Swoosh World and talk stream live thank you those listening to us there you boost us up to the top five 
top six again, top four, five, six. Uh, as always, we always appreciate those who listen any way you can to Swoops Road. T-Bone. Yeah. What's happening, brother? Well, you know, I, I, I got to give all you guys who are listening to this on the smartphone apps a lot of credit because I I usually have killed my smartphone battery by this time of day. <laughs> Doing, you know, totally appropriate things on it. Definitely not creeping on things on Instagram. Definitely not that. Not that. No, okay. no Snapchatting whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, any of you guys that have found any good ways to listen to the show, uh, hands off to you. We, we love support from anybody who continues to come back to us for whatever, whatever <laughs> sick, twisted reasons you may have. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of... The Lakers. The Lakers had one win uh, three days ago, and after tonight, they are they've tripled their victory count in the course of the last few days. Most They're now three and nine on the season. <laughs> uh, after squeaking squeaking out a victory, ninety eight ninety two over the Rockets. Uh, Kobe led a dominant fourth quarter against the Dwight Howardless uh, Houston squad, but uh, yeah. The Lakers, hey, it's it's almost like they're an NBA basketball team right now. The Lake, uh, Kobe had, what, 29 points tonight? 29 tonight. I think is pretty much right about his average for the Look season. At that. Wow. Oklahoma City 3-10? and 10? Oklahoma City's in big trouble, man. Wow. Both of their big boys are out. I mean. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's a little early for me to get into basketball. I used to Westbrook. After football season. Westbrook hurt himself again. I, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to keep up with the injuries those guys have had, but somebody broke a foot or something. I don't know. It's they're they're in trouble. Wow. Uh, by the time they're they're healthy again, it's going to be like midway through the season. So, and from there, who knows how that's going to go? Pero basketball doesn't matter because it's November. So we'll talk more about that. The you know talk more about it down the road. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had no idea until today, until like 10 minutes ago, uh, that Jason Kidd decided not to come back for a second season as the coach of the Brooklyn Nets because he took a job in the offseason as the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> um, so the Bucks played in Brooklyn tonight, and in triple overtime, Squeaked out a 122-118 win over the the hometown Nets. I mean, I don't know how I feel about the Nets. It's like you, you know, what? it's like you gave up on picking a name. Yeah. <laughs> really, you really did. Like at least the New York Knicks. Like the Knicks comes from somewhere. You have Knickerbockers. You know, Nets really. <laughs> Why not call yourselves the Rims? Exactly. Does that lend itself to too many rim job jokes? I mean, call yourself the balls. And the backboards. Yeah. And the hardwood. I, I mean, think you just gave up. The hardwood probably could have been the best name it they could came have been up the best with. Name they could have I mean, honestly, between that and the balls, I think they're both way cooler names than the Nets. If you're uh, going to just pick arbitrary objects from around a basketball court, <laughs> like, really? And then they went with the most nondescript new logo and color scheme when they moved. Like, they were, they had ugly uniforms and everything when they were the New Jersey Nets. But the new ones, it's just like, did you get that off a Xerox machine? Like, your colors are black and white? Okay, cool. Right on. 
but yeah, apparently Jason Kidd decided one year coaching the Nets was enough after all the years he played for him. So he's, he decided to, to get out of that dingy little pit they call Brooklyn and go to the thriving metropolis that they that we call Milwaukee. So, uh, yeah, go figure on that one. A um, couple of NFL tidbits. First of all, well, I don't know which one of these to start with because they're all pretty funny, but... The Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that's built their reputation on the running game. Uh, Monday night, they were in bad shape at halftime. They've had a habit of coming on late in some of their games this season, but they were they were kind of getting throttled by Tennessee. Were. And they decided to wake up for the second half and just hand the ball off to Le'Veon Bell over and over and over and over. And it was like one of those things where there's going to be an NFL film special about this game <laughs> down the road. Uh, not just because of the performance by the offensive line and by Le'Veon Bell, but because of the backstory that goes along with it. Le'Veon Bell and LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt had kind of a checkered past. <laughs> uh, he played played at Oregon and got kicked off the team at Oregon for, for punching <laughs> an opposing player after the game. After Oregon lost at Boise State uh, when he was, I don't know, junior or something at Oregon, he just falls off and cold cocks a Boise State player after the game when people are on the field shaking hands and, you know, pretending to care about sportsmanship. Can't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was That was sort of his last straw. And, and you know, I think guys, guys have survived things of that nature, but... but he clearly had had other issues already, and, and that that was the boiling point at Oregon. Um, then he went to uh, went to the Jets. Was it the Jets? Uh, I think he was with Tampa Bay. He was with New England for a while. He's had yeah. a few stops in the NFL. New England. He did actually. He actually showed up and done some done some done some good ones in New England. Yeah, and. I thought that the addition of him to the Steelers, between these two guys, they had two running backs who are almost, I mean, physically they're terrifying. Both of them are big, physical guys. Blunt is bigger than he get, and stronger than he gets credit for, but seems to have some head issues. <laughs> and it suited up for the fourth quarter. <laughs> and, and the two of them on the way to a preseason game back in August got arrested for marijuana possession. And it's like... It's obviously that in California. Guys, Colorado guys, <laughs> do this stuff at the at someone else's house and then get driven somewhere. Like there yeah. are so many ways to no handle this. Of money there. To what, is that, what does they do? Say stay away from the weed. Yes, yeah, stay off the weed. Uh, but the two, as buddies, they 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 had a little Cheech and Chong moment and they got arrested <laughs> and um, no. Uh, it was all internal discipline, you know. Whatever, whatever legal issues they had have, you know, been held, handled uh, with little to no publicity. But they didn't miss any playing time, you know, as a result of that either of them. Um, but Bell had had separated himself from Blunt in terms of playing time. Smart move. Um, he had he had kind of you know gotten himself into better graces with the coaching staff and the offensive coordinator in particular, to the point where he had found his groove and had, he was becoming the guy. Well, on Monday night, as the Steelers really decided they were going to lean on Le'Veon Bell and just, we're going to ride this horse and see how far it takes us, um, 
LeGarrette Blunt was standing on the sideline. He played three snaps in the first half, had no carries. And midway through the fourth quarter, he just said, well, I'm not going to play anymore, so I'm going to leave. So he just walked into the locker room, took off his shit, said peace. And then tried to get him to take buses. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were in Tennessee. This wasn't a home game. Are you sorry? No. Oh, this, this is, is great. This me, is man. great, man. This is awesome. <laughs> he pissed off his whole team by then. <laughs> he went, what? <laughs> oh, dude. They, they cut him. He, he's right he's no longer a Pittsburgh Steeler. So you can't get on the team bus, and you can't fly back on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you have some savings. <laughs> or a friend with a car <laughs> in Tennessee. He fucking walked off the field. He was, he was all back in street clothes before the game was over. And, uh, and they said some of the – did you uh, – the article I read said some of the team members were like, screw it, don't, let, don't even let him – don't even let him on the bus. I think they actually did let him fly back, yeah. didn't they? I, I think so, but, I mean, just, well, I, I get being upset. You're a competitor. Yeah, but, but like, why throw it, away for it? It's a freaking team sport, for one. Yeah. Like, you've managed to stay in the NFL longer than anybody thought you would. Yeah. But I think this was his last straw in that regard, too, because he cleared. Because Al Davis he, is dead. He cleared waivers. <laughs> <laughs> And he's the last guy to take those guys out. Nobody touched him on the waiver wire. Um, <laughs> he has 200 and some yards rushing and two touchdowns on the season. Uh, I, have, I have a feeling those stats are going <laughs> to plateau. <laughs> um, no change. <laughs> but first of all, if your last name is Blunt, you should be careful when and point. where you s- – that's not the first time I've said it tonight either. But first of all, <laughs> if your last name is Blunt, you should be careful about when and where you <laughs> when and where you uh, utilize marijuana. But I mean, this we see this all the time. Folks who get chance after chance and just don't get it. No. It's like, dude, any one of these things on their own, bad, but not not a death blow. But at some point. All these little things, and this one's not even a little thing, but I mean, all these things add up, and it's like everyone else on this team in this uniform has to deal with this bullshit, you know, has to deal with the fact that they want to be out there playing every single down, and they're not. You know, Ben Roethlisberger and Troy Polamalu are pretty much the only people in that organization that get carte blanche, and even then they get hurt and they have to sit out sometimes. Like Troy's doing right now. And And six months from now? You'll be telling him he has to stay away. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> those guys, you know, they, 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 they throw away that career, and then they're like, oh, this, uh, what are we going to do? It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And they all end up working for somebody else and thinking, God, two months or two, two years ago, I was living the life. And now I'm going to be working for people. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I hope he figures some things out. He's younger than I am, so hopefully he figures some things out. I haven't always been a kid. I haven't always haven't always been a fast learner. So <laughs> you know, hey, if you need any advice, you know where to find me, Legarrett. Well, and as, as AD often says, there's there's guys walking the streets. There's guys walking the streets, and uh, you know this guy. 
probably is good enough to be there. He's good enough to, to, to have had a spot. But, you know, he wasn't a superstar uh, kind of guy. And there's only so much shit they're going to put up with. And you know there's at least ten guys deep that There was a prime example this weekend. I don't remember what game it was. There's a guy who went off. I think he was, I don't think he was playing for the Patriots or whoever. Guy played on three teams, three practice squads, and and then he got the call, man. He, somebody got hurt, and now he stepped up, and he had like the uh, Mr. Gray, Is that who it was? the Gray? kid, the new running back for the Patriots. Patriots, yeah, yeah the guy just went off, man. Had what three, two, three guys. He got games. his yeah. he got his moment, and he yeah. said, and "Here that's we the thing. go." There's always someone that's willing to like keep their mouth shut, be squeaky clean, and play their heart out. And this guy's jerking around, <laughs> yeah. you know, leaving the game early. I mean, that's just obviously completely unacceptable. It's, it's just, yeah, I mean, you just, I don't know. I can't say I feel sorry for him because no. he's done it to himself, but what a moron. Another NFL running back who finds himself in curious position, uh, Seattle Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch has had a testy – Relationship with the media over the years. Why does the NFL make you talk to the media? I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, But he has figured it out because you know Marshawn Lynch several times has declined interviews both after the game, after games, and during his one day of the during the week mandated that he talks to the media. He's declined. The fines are enormous. They are. They're silly. Um, He got fined. $50,000 $50,000 for this particular instance after refusing a post-game interviews in the media room after the game. He did eventually do a phone interview on the team bus uh, with NFL.com's reporter because <laughs> they were like, hey, we need to get something here. Apparently that didn't suffice, though, because they still fined him. And they had held over a fine from last year after he previously didn't cooperate with the media policy. But he had said... That was a midweek one, right? A Wednesday? It might have been. But he had said, okay, next time, you know, there won't be any more problems. So they said, we're going to hold on to this fine. We're not going to fine you unless you screw up again. Yeah. And so so since he screwed up again, they had his his current, his new $50,000 fine added to the old $50,000 fine that they were not yet enforcing. So... They want 100 G's from him. Um, it, it's stupid. It's nonsense. It's, it's ridiculous. The guy doesn't want to talk Some to Some guys him. should not talk to the media. Yeah. Flat out. And, and I think he doesn't feel comfortable with a microphone in his face. And he wants to play the game and talk with his feet and his body. He doesn't want to have to stand there and pontificate about what 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 was my coach thinking when he called a play? Like I don't care. They told me to go there. I'm gonna go knock the, knock the piss out of somebody. And he's one of the most exciting running backs in the history of of football. Like he he does things that just shouldn't be done. Yeah, they don't make sense from from a physics standpoint. You think like this guy is doing things that a human body just isn't. You're, we're not accustomed to seeing. And so he did. He did his his midweek interviews yesterday after practice or at the team facility. And they were asking him questions about Pete Carroll and and all all kinds of footballish related questions. And his answers 
All we're about is shoes. And <laughs> He's just got to talk in front. Yeah. I don't have to answer your questions. I just have to talk. So I, I think my favorite quote. You don't like Skittles? What's your favorite color? There, there were some really good quotes in here. Um, you know, he was asked uh, if he was going to appeal the fine or whatever. And he said, matter of fact, I'm about to get on the horn with my agent right now. Let's see what's up. That was pretty much the only question he answered directly. Because after that, uh, let's see. They asked him uh, what he thought about Pete Carroll's comments last week. Um, saying that, you know, because last during the last game, everyone at halftime, all the players and coaches went into the locker room. Except Marshawn Lynch stayed on the sideline, stretched out on the bench while the trainers worked on his back. And they were asking him about that. Well, what do you have to say about what? Pete Carroll said about that. And he's like, I don't know. What did he say? <laughs> you guys, I want to hear your thoughts on it. He said that. It's like, that's, that's a good one right there. Um, then they asked him about his back, and he said, oh, my cleats, it's a nice feel. <laughs> right here in my inner soul. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Great feeling. <laughs> and they put this little squiggling line right here that looks like an M and an L for Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> It's nice. I like to play in these. They're nice cleats. <laughs> and apparently after that, well, here's another here's another gem. They asked him if he had any input on the design of his shoes. He said, no, in this league, you really don't have a lot of input in nothing, just in your play. It's like, yep. <laughs> the questions that he answers, he speaks the truth. <laughs> um, I guess after that, all the questions he had, they, they asked him, he just talked about his favorite rappers and stuff, so. He just has to talk to him. So I, I give Marshawn Lynch a ton of credit. It's a stupid policy. Uh, it doesn't apply to all the players in the league. Um, freedom of speech also involves the freedom to not speak. And I, I just don't understand it. But that's, that's the NFL for you. Uh, last NFL-related tidbit. This one took place uh, on the on the borders of the field, going from the field into the stands, and this took place in the Superdome. <laughs> Jermaine Gresham scores a touchdown for the Bengals against the Saints. Sees a Bengals fan in the front rows of the Superdome in the end zone where he scores a touchdown, wanders up, tosses a football to this woman in a Bengals jersey. Old man in a Saints, Saints jersey in the front row says, uh-uh. Snatches the ball from her. Oh, no. oh that's says, wrong. You're not getting this. No. She's like begging for it, begging him for the ball. Like, I'm in a Bengals jersey. He's a Bengal player who scored a touchdown and pointed at me and tossed me the football. He's like, No. You're not getting the ball. <laughs> this guy. That's bullshit because the players have to pay for those balls. They have to understand. Yeah. And and this, this fine, upstanding gentleman by the name of Tony Williams, who. Now he's playing dumb. Like I, I just thought it was the ball he was tossing up to anybody. I just wanted a ball for my grandson. He's, he's trying to get some sympathy back because he, he got absolutely pasted by pretty much every talking head on the sports media TV circuit. And you know Keith Olbermann, who I think is a total piece of crap, but yeah, he, he's, he's got his worst, what, worst whatever in sports every week and. Mr. Williams was his worst in sports for this week. I mean, the woman is like, look, he, the player is pointing at me like,
like, he's trying to give me the ball. Can I have the ball? She puts her hands together, like, give me the ball, please, you know? And he's just like, nope, nope. Giving her a thumbs down, like, dude, you're what a douche. He's a crazy. <laughs> and he looks like a little bit of a kooky old man, but at the same time, there. I, I can probably find the video somewhere. But um, it. in the picture, he's got like a white mustache. You know, he's an old black dude with a white mustache, which tells you enough. Like, <laughs> there's no pigment left in any of his hair. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's a Saints fan. And Saints fans are just, they're just living the dream. They used to be called the Aints. Yeah, like this, this guy definitely had a paper bag yeah, over his exactly. head for a lot of years. Um, they ought to get on their knees and kiss Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Yep, get down on their knees. Um, yeah, but he's he's playing the now he's playing the card like oh I I I had no idea I just thought it was a ball that was up for grabs. Right. Um, the Saints team actually gave this woman a. A ball after the game, uh, and said, "Here, we're sorry. We're sorry, we we're sorry for this jackass." <laughs> um, and Jermaine Gresham went ahead and signed another ball and gave it to her. Uh, you know, Which you back in probably. <laughs> but it's just, just the guys. The guys just trying to backpedal, and he he had no idea in the moment what a complete. Cocksucker, I guess. Oh, he knew. Yeah, <laughs> he just didn't realize he was gonna get so much attention. That's right. Because yeah. back, he's used to the days when no one watched the Saints exactly. games. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, this one was pretty amusing. It's a little, little disconcerting to see that there are really people like this out there. But it's like, hey, whatever, man. Whatever. Um, college football. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, we talked about USC UCLA coming up this week. Uh, the Bruin Bear on campus already been tagged. Oh, really? Yeah, that one got tagged before they could wrap it up and protect it. Uh, some Trojan students struck early this year. Those are the smart ones. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones whose parents can afford lawyers if they get in trouble. <laughs> Hey, UCLA ain't cheap, so their 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 parents are doing pretty well too. <laughs> Cheaper? Uh, not much. <laughs> I, I kind of want to know some of these some of these tuition fees these days. Yeah, I miss the old uh, Long Beach State seven hundred and eighty-five dollars a semester. <laughs> it more than doubled just while I was there. That was pretty. I saw sad. a thing. I saw a thing in the uh, on the news today that the UC Regents uh, just voted to raise the. Uh, it's like five percent a year for the next five years or something yeah, like that. Something like that. Yeah. State's got no money, man. <laughs> <laughs> kind of making up on the backs of collegiate kids' parents. <laughs> well, and the federal government, since half these people aren't going to graduate or pay their loans back anyway. So, I mean, even if they do graduate, they're not paying these loans back because there's no jobs for them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Took a job. <laughs> Uh, speaking of no jobs, Will Peter's Muschamp. Fault. That's Peter's fault. He's buying things made in China. <laughs> Designed by bright American engineers. Designed in California yeah, or somewhere man. on the west coast. I don't know how you California. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the University of Florida, the first college football team, major college football team this season to announce uh, a, a reallocation of resources 
and outsourcing. Uh, Will Muschamp will not return as the head coach of the Gators next season. And the coaching carousel silly season officially begins. Yeah, they, they, they were actually looking at Shanahan. Ugh. Well, I think that one's pretty ridiculous. Well, he says he doesn't want to go back to college right now. He better be happy to be where he can be because I don't think he's long for the Senators. <laughs> they already canned him. Gruden, Gruden's baby brother's coaching yeah, them already. Gruden's baby brother's there. And I watched the game where he announced. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Why are you going to say, why did you say my brother? <laughs> oh, Jay Gruden there. What he's thinking? What he's thinking about right now? You know what he's thinking? Why'd you say my baby brother's? <laughs> yeah. Trying to be impartial. <laughs> yeah. Ashley got a little confused. She was like, "What does this white guy keep saying my brother for?" Because <laughs> the coach of that team is his actual brother. Uh, okay. <laughs> and he's he's a lot like. Uh, John, because uh, he, he, didn't have any that he didn't have any problems just busted on his quarterback mm-hmm. after the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this, Chucky was like that. They have kind of the same cadence when they talk. Yeah, um, exactly. It's, yeah. I'd like to see Chucky come back and coach him. Oh, it's, he's, he's going to eventually. I don't think he can stay away. He's got a sweet gig, but oh, he's, got a sweet he's, he's got the itch. You can tell. I mean, he, he cannot... He cannot contain himself most of the time. And I think that's going to be his undoing in the booth anyway. He's going to say too much. Well, uh, he calls plays. I mean, he literally calls plays in the booth. He's a, he's Spider a 2, why banana? <laughs> <laughs> he loves to talk about that one. That's his favorite play. I've heard him say that one. And Lisa does it. Yeah. yeah. And the weird thing about it is, is, is when he predicts plays, he, 90% of the time he's right. Yeah, and, exactly what they do. And you know, the, the NFL is you know, 90% of the teams run essentially the same system and it all comes from that whole West Coast coaching tree that he's Now, he he was under uh, uh what's his name for, at San Francisco for a while, right? The, uh, I don't know if he ever directly coached with Walsh, Walsh, Walsh but yeah. he definitely is part of that whole yeah. deal. Uh part of the Walsh. I mean, hell, you put Holmgren in there. Yeah, there's a lot of them, yeah. Um they those guys have basically put their stamp on what the NFL has looked like offensively for the last 20 years. I mean, we're starting to see a little bit more variation. We're seeing some more of the spread type concepts and even some zone read things come trickle upstream from college and below. But you know, the the funny thing about everything in football is that really there's uh, for, the game's only been around for like 125 years, and in this in in the game as we know it, maybe you could say like 70 years. And still, it's all been done already. Everything that we see, all these new tweaks and innovations and folds, it's all, it's already been done. Like you know, we get, like true. the big thing with the Wildcat you know, eight or ten years ago, it was like, oh, the Wildcat, they're putting a running back there and back there behind the shotgun and direct snapping it to a running back. It's like, you mean like, Teams doing Pop Warner all the time and have done forever. Like, yeah, you got a great athlete. Get the ball in his hands as much as he can. Um, so it's it's that part of football is just I, that was really not that connected to this, but a fun aside. Like football, for all the different ways to jumble it up, it's like Taco Bell. You know, it's the same five ingredients. <laughs> you just package it a slightly different way, but it's still the same thing. I wish they'd bring back the bun taco. 
<laughs> or the Enchirito. <laughs> the Enchirito was delicious. I lobby Taco Bell all the time to bring back a few of the classics. Exactly. You know, you know what I did like? What, did you ever watch that show that uh, Gruden did where he, uh, with the quarterbacks where he would bring a uh, collegiate quarterback in? And Pin him in the back of the RV there? Yeah, yeah, Talk yeah, to yeah, him yeah, all yeah, weird. Exactly. Why don't you have a seat? <laughs> <laughs> you know the show. <laughs> to catch a quarterback. That's what they call it, right? <laughs> I'll be right back. I'll get some tea. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Gruden, he knows he's still too in tune with the game in his current state. He's got to, and I think he's, I mean, I, I think I get the sense that he is a fun players coach. I I would enjoy playing for him. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't think he's done in that regard. He's young still. I mean, He's, I don't know how old he actually is. He looks young enough to still be out there. When you got guys like Tom Coughlin out there who looks like he's 100. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Will Muschamp, he's he's going to be a defensive coordinator somewhere. They all end up. Yeah. And I would say that you know the University of Texas might be looking at this whole situation thinking we dodged a oh, bullet. He's 51. Because he's 51, huh? You know, Muschamp was supposed to be the head coach in waiting at Texas, uh, you know, for whenever, whenever uh, Mac Brown retired, and then Mac Brown kind of caught fire for a while and was doing well, and they said, "Well, he's not leaving anytime soon," <laughs> and they didn't opt to do what Florida State did and just push him out. They let him, they let him go out the hard way. Mac Brown had to lose his way out of town. And by then, Muschamp had already gone to Florida. A little different than how it worked in Florida at Florida State. Well, where I thought about him did his time. Maybe he did like 50 years there or something. Yeah, <laughs> but he wasn't ready to quit yet. Well, he ain't never been ready to quit. <laughs> he wanted at least a couple more years. And they said, no, we already hired this dude. And they had Jimbo Fisher. At least you're cloned. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. And you listen to the way that, like, a, a young Bobby Bowden talking to the talking to the media after a game, all fired up, <laughs> smacking on his gum at 100 miles an hour, and Jimbo Fisher right now. It's some similarities there, definitely. Yes. And uh, I don't know. We'll see which other teams. I think Michigan's going to be shopping for a head coach in the next few weeks. It's not bad at all. (laughs) Not bad at all. And a Sandusky man. (laughs) Supposed to ride the roller coasters. What is that theme park there in Sandusky's Uh, Cedar something? (laughs) They got like a wooden roller coaster Uh, that nobody cares about because it's in Ohio. (laughs) They get to pick up the soap. Oh, no, different Sandusky. I guess when I said Sandusky boy, that could have really caused some trouble, huh? Could have caused a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> he, might have, he might send you a cease and desist. We're going to have to play the disclaimer again. I haven't even earned a disclaimer yet tonight. You've been on a roll. You've been good. <laughs> um, we just ran over, so. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right, well, that's good. Uh, Michigan, they're going to be buying a new coach this year. Brady Hoke's done. Nebraska probably should. Get a new head coach after this season, but they won't. 
They'll finish nine and four. They were they were on a roll. They just lost. They dropped a couple games. They're 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 still they're still in the championship. They were, it, but it's not just losing the games, because you know, Michigan State they they got clobbered early, came back and made it close. But they go on the road at least once every year, and just piss their pants. And they they were up seventeen to three against Wisconsin. Two first quarter turnovers, moving the ball a little bit. They're on a roll. The defense was doing well. And then the wheels just fell the fuck mm. off. They gave up eight unanswered touchdowns. Wow. 56 points. Wisconsin rattles off. All of a sudden, it's 59 to 17. Jeez. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> if that's it, was, team. it was it's painful. It's painful if it's not your team. <laughs> and and not, not just painful because it happened in that in that moment, because but because this happens every year. Every year that Bo Pelini has been their head coach, they've got one of these games where they go on the road and just shit themselves. Last year, it didn't even happen on the road. It happened at home against UCLA. They were up 24-3, to and they end up losing 41-24. to It's like, how does this happen? Yeah. But every, every single season. This year, Melvin Gordon, who he and Amir Abdullah were kind of like the dueling – Running backs from the Big Ten, one of them hopefully would be like a big uh, Heisman finalist, you know. Well, Dula was looking to be that. And going into the game, they had similar stats. Abdullah missed the week, the game before because he tweaked his knee in the first quarter against Purdue. And he ran for like 70 yards on 15 carries and a fumble against Wisconsin. Melvin Gordon had 408 yards rushing. A new, a new oh single God. game record in the history of college football. That's crazy. The most, the most yards in a game by a running back in Division One, ever. And what had been the previous record? Like that four hundred and six. Oh, wow. But that was Ladanian Tomlinson. Okay. I mean, so against against some, Ladanian Tomlinson played at TCU against you know crappy competition for most of his college career. And, yeah. So these are the kind of things that just, they get like a solid nine or ten games that they win every season. But then they they lose one game they shouldn't, and then they lose another game that they probably should lose, but they lose it badly. So I don't know. I'm I'm never like on the fire the coach bandwagon. (laughs) I'm not there. Even now I'm like, it's going to cause more damage than good. It's like the Redskins debate we were just talking about. Like, you have to have looked at it like, well, it's going to cost a shit ton of money to make a change. Like, you look at all these schools that are firing a coach right now. They've got to pay salaries for another two years. They've got to throw golden parachutes at these guys for, like, six million bucks. Because all these head coaches at these big D1 schools are making two to three million dollars a year. you got to buy out the – you can't just say, oh, you're fired. We don't pay you anymore. That, does, that doesn't hold up. And it's so – and aside from the financial part of it, it's okay. You bring in somebody new, and there's a whole bunch of guys who came here to play for somebody else in a different kind of system. It's just a weird thing. So I've never been the kind like who would start a website saying fireronzook.com yeah, or whatever. I think those people are kooks, but <sighs> who knows? Uh, yeah. Lakers might have got their 
They're, they're on a roll now, right? They, they, they've got three wins on the year. Who knows? Yeah, that's the three in a row, right? They, it's two in a row. Two in a row. But they might, they might get to double-digit wins on the season. <laughs> we'll see. I've still I've got friends who are telling me they were going to win 50. I'm like, dude, I want to know where you get your stuff. <laughs> How much does it cost and what's his phone number? But, uh, yeah. I don't have a lot else in that department. The Raiders are now owing something. Oh, in uh, two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Raiders, the next football life will be on Lyle Alzado. Man, I, I met, saw the previews for that. Twice, so. um, that one, I would like to see that one. That one's going to be probably a little tough. Yeah. But I'll tell you guys about my, my, my Lyle Alzado meetings when we go off the air. Not suitable for microphone. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, good times, good times, good times. There you have it, another edition of T-Bone. Time out. Great to have him on the show, and uh, Black Belt Karate will be rescheduled, so look for them in the future, probably next month sometime. Uh, anything else, guys? Nope. We will be gone for uh, the next two weeks. Be back in three weeks. Until then, dream as if you live forever, live as if you die today. Good night, all. Good night. The views Peace. and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 